and welcome to the podcast. As always, I'm Zach Young, and joined with me is the void to my century, the Ben Grimm to my Reed Richards, I'm keeping that, <laughs> and the Mankind to my Rock. But most importantly, he is, of course, the Kaiju Commander to my Captain Comics. It's Tanner Bays, as always. Hello, good morning to the people of the nation. Um, just happy to be here. Wanted everybody to know. I want they to have a have a great, great morning. And, and with I us want... on this side and Techie on the other side, this is the Kaiju and Comics podcast where we talk about anything else. Well, what about no, the people right. that watch at night? So moving on to the news for today. Yes, what, are the, what is the news? We got a bit of a healthy news slate. Not a lot of it is about comic books, but it's about nerdy things that we tend to like, so it, so it seems going off. Okay. The one thing, probably the thing we care about the least, but the thing that I just find too funny not to mention. So over on the CW, there's a Powerpuff Girls sequel slash reboot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I don't know if any of you have seen the CW shows. They're not. They're, they're bad. They, they all have a, look disgusting. It's not fact, is my opinion. Sometimes they're good, but when they're bad, they're bad. Like a lot of shit has ended up on that network. They're, it's rough. Like you could, like I could find some and show it to you, and it's terrible. Yeah. So the Powerpuff Girls reboot that they sent in was so bad that the CW told them, "Try again." Like <laughs> they said, "It's too bad. We know what we are, it but is, we know our worth." <laughs> if this wasn't a property like Powerpuff Girls, we would not. We would just be canceling this project outright. Oh. But it is Powerpuff Girls, so they, they're giving them another shot to get everything reworked and try again. The script also leaked, but everyone's been getting copyright claims for that, so we're just not going to talk about it. But uh, cool. you can search it out for yourself. It's bad. I promise it's bad. I think I've read you something yeah, you... off of it. It's bad. It's really bad. The Mojo Jojo stuff specifically made me upset. But... Yeah, it's just bad. Okay, moving on. It's good to... I got really excited because Aaron Taylor Johnson is going to be in a Marvel movie again. He's kick-ass, right? He's also Quicksilver. But yeah, he played Quicksilver in Age of Ultron. Yeah. And he's back in a Marvel movie. Except he isn't Quicksilver. Uh, this isn't an MCU movie. Well, it might be an MCU movie. but it, What is he playing? Uh, he's playing Kraven the Hunter in Sony's Kraven spinoff. Okay, and we can just move on. Yeah, that's 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 an official announcement. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh yeah, that's cool. Great. I'm happy the Sony is doing things that I don't care about. Let's go. We got one more piece (laughs) of Marvel news. We already knew this, but we have an official announcement now. Oscar Isaac is going to be playing Moon Knight. You want to Disney Plus enlighten people who else Oscar Isaac has played? Uh, He's played Poe Dameron in the Star Wars sequel trilogy. I quite like him. Yes, he's. I think he's pretty good. But we've kind of already known, like, he's been heavily rumored and no one was disputing the rumors, you know, as they do. So we were all pretty certain that, like, oh, it's probably going to be Oscar Isaac. But officially, he put out on his Instagram, we are Moon Knight with a Moon Knight comic and stuff. And Marvel spread that throughout all their news sites and all that kind of stuff and their official site. So it's official. Eyes are... And our eyes are opened. What were you saying? Eyes are... Oscar, Oscar Isaac. There we go. Thank you, Tanner. Uh, Poe Dameron is going to be Moon Knight. We're excited. Yeah, um, Moon Knight's really cool. You go out and say it. It's a series of movies. It's going to be a series. Disney series. series. Just watch it. It's really good. Yeah. And then this is where we move away from the geek stuff. We have three little pieces of Nintendo news. <laughs> Moving away from the geek stuff. Let's go talk about Nintendo. The comic stuff. <laughs> All right. What's Listen, up? We're shifting from geek to nerd. I need you to understand the difference. <laughs> okay. uh, the new Pokemon games, the Sinnoh remakes, have gotten a release date. That would be the Diamond and Pearl games. Yep. Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl are going to be releasing on November 19th, 2021. And alongside of those, Pokemon Legends Arceus also has its release date for January 28th, 2022. So going you, on the record. Oh no. You guys that know game, a good birthday present for me, I'm just saying. Yeah, that's great, and you won't get it from me. Or me. But 
Pokemon Legends Arceus, I'm going to go on the Damn. record right now. That game is not... is. It may not bomb. It may sell well. It is not going to be good. It's not going to be what people think it's going to be. And it's going to... It won't get a it, like it won't get a sequel. I don't think it's going to do well. I'm not going to buy it. I'm not excited for it. I don't know why we keep making these differences. We got. I can't fathom that we got a sequel to Pokemon Snap before we got another Pokemon Coliseum game. I know we got the one on the Wii, and I guess that bombed. I never played it, but. What's going on here? Come on now. Like, we could have got Pokemon Ranger, Pokemon Conquest, something. They gave us Pokemon Snap 2, and now we're getting whatever this is. I don't think this is going to be good. But that's just my... This is at least, this is kind of a foray into something that Pokemon hasn't done. It seems like they're taking a lot of Breath of the Wild mechanics, and Breath of the Wild did very well. I, I don't think they are, though. I think people are going to think it's like that, and it's going to be a bare-bones version. They're not going to put... This game is not going to be, like... Good. I really don't think it is. I mean, we're, we're, it's just going to be we're going to have to wait and see oh, on it. And we'll right. see what we're working with between then. Yeah. Uh, also, announcements are going out that we're getting a new version of the Switch come fall. Yeah. It's going to be a more... Isn't it like Switch Pro? Yeah, something? that's what it sounds like. Yeah. There's no official this announcement thing, for People have been called. talking about this thing for like two, three years now. Yeah. Like, it, yay, we finally got it. We're finally getting... What is it, a release date on it? Or that it exists... This fall is what we have right okay. now, and we don't even have like whether it's called just going to be called the like the new Nintendo Switch. Oh gosh, so, yeah, we love those the names. Switch Pro, we just don't know. We all know Nintendo knows how to name things. <laughs> oh Nintendo, <laughs> yeah. I think the Switch is a good name. Yeah. Was the Wii U a good name? No. Okay. <laughs> so is that it for the news, or we have something? Uh, there's one more little piece. Right. Sonic Colors, a game that I played as a kid that I really like, is getting a remaster on the Switch. If it's, it, you said it's a remake or a sequel. It is a remaster with some added stuff into it. Like, there's going to be a few more modes as well as okay. the same central game. Because we just can't make anything new. Okay. That's All correct, right. yes. Poor Sonic. All right. Yep. All right. Um, what's... That's it for news, but we got a bit of a new segment here that isn't going to be that long this time around called Retcons and Rewrites. Hey. It's just something that we did in a past episode that someone either corrected us for or we learned otherwise. Everything I have is... In relation to the Venom trailer, mm -hmm. and first, you were correct. Ooh, I, oh, wait. Say that one last time. I think you cut out, and the te my techie's saying that you cut out. Can you say that again? He didn't say that. Uh, no, he did. It, no, he did. you he cut just, out. Yeah, he just said it. Anyway, in the trailer, wow. that is Shriek. Tanner did say this before, and wow. I, I didn't say you were wrong. I said I didn't know. Yeah. And it is who it was. Doesn't change it. I was correct, but it's okay. <laughs> that isn't the only character that popped up in the trailer, though? Yes, that you privied me to this knowledge. Yes, so this was, I didn't recognize it because I didn't realize that that character had a name. But in the trailer, there's a detective at some point. It's been a few weeks since I've watched the trailer now. And that is Detective Mulligan. The character's full name is Patrick Mulligan. In the comics, he goes on to be Toxin. Toxin is Carnage's child's whatever. Toxin is that to Venom. Toxin is the thousandth generation of the Clintar, which means he's supposed to be ultra powerful. Oh. Yeah, they don't do much with it, but that is a thing. Cool. Venom is 998, Carnage is 999, and then Toxin is 1000. So, you know. So, Venom is his grandpa. Yes. We're probably not getting Toxin in this movie, but it seems like but it seems, You know what it sounds like? We're making a symbiote verse. Do, do, 
I mean, if reports are to be believed, movies like the Morbius movie and the Craven the Hunter movie are supposed to be in that same universe. <gasps> it, it sounds a lot like a Spider-Man less Spider-Man <laughs> Spider-Verse. But we also know he exists in the Morbius movie. Yeah. I heard we'll that. see how this goes. We'll I, just I, see how it goes. If I go and see any of these, obviously I'm going to go see Venom too. Yeah. I ha- I am most interested in going to go see Morbius. I think that movie actually might so Sony might actually make a good movie for once. I think Morbius out of the characters that they kind of talked about with the exception of one of the movies that got canceled. What got canceled? Uh Silver and Black got canceled and it was going to be Silver Sable and Black Cat. With the exception of like them and Venom, I think Morbius is like the next character that I think you could do a story, a good story with them without using Spider-Man. Whereas like, maybe I just don't love Craven the Hunter, but like all of Craven's stories. Yeah, no, you just don't like Craven. But like Craven's good stories are all like heavily Spider-Man related. related. Like uh, Craven's Last Hunt. Yep. Is Spider-Man related, which is going to be a really good segue to what we're probably talking about next. Okay. Unless you have, unless you have anything. Oh, for news wise. Yeah. I do have news. Um, I had a great day. Oh, that's great. That's good. And um, always good. I had a nice lunch. That was the breaking news. Okay. From my life. Fantastic. All right. Yeah. You've been consuming content this week. I have. I actually watched that uh, the superhero show that's on Netflix, Jupiter's Legacy. Is this another like Justice League parody thing? Or are they definite <laughs> enough to where they're not really the Justice League? Because you know we have like a lot of those shows now. The Utopian is definitely Superman. Okay. And then Wonder Woman is definitely Lady Liberty. Okay. I believe that's her name. And then other than that, I they're pretty much nobody. Like there's no... I don't remember seeing a speedster. Okay. Like and I don't remember a Flash. Like there's one guy who does stuff that can manipulate minds. Like they don't just show... They, uh, it's... It's not confusing, but I'm, I'm struggling to explain it. They don't have that initial bout in the beginning of the show to show you the main team. Okay. It, it The show starts off, it's these guys robbing this, uh, about to rob this bank or whatever. Or rob this truck. And then this lady walks up in this robe, and I'm like, okay, this girl's going to be a hero. And then she's like, they're like, get lost, lady. We're going to rob this truck. And then she's like, no. And then this robot face comes down. And she has these gauntlets. She's like, I'm going to rob this truck. And then puts holes through three of them. And then she goes to go rob the truck. And then their sky flies down. Paragon, who is the son to the Utopian, we find out. Okay. And um, he starts getting the work. Because he's like, I'm going to get you. And then she's like, really? And then gives him the hands. And then his dad shows up and literally just grabs her, throws her at the ceiling. She falls down. He's like, you're going to have to pay for all this damage. And then he flies off. It, they do that thing where... It's the sons trying to live up to what his dad wants him to be. Okay. And all that. And they live by the code. Imagine a universe of the superheroes where they all go by Batman's rules. Okay. Where none of them kill anybody and you're always sending them to jail. They say, The Utopian says, without, um, he has a quote when he's talking to the news. He's like, what are we without a good and deaf like justice system there is no justice in that you know what i'm saying okay that's how he wants uh, if you're a part of the union which is their group you have to go by the code that's what they call it 
And then there's this guy, Blackstar, who is this big supervillain. There's a news flash that says he was put in jail months ago. They're struggling to do, you know, how criminals sit in jail and they don't actually go to court for forever. Basically is what's going on. Okay. They find out, they're like, Blackstar broke out of Supermax. We got to go take him down. So all the heroes start going there. And it's a good fight. Guy Ruby and somebody else, he's like, yeah, uh, that Blackstar's right over the ridge. He's over there with the Utopian Lady Liberty right now. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I got flaming fists. <laughs> I'll show up right at the end and I'll be there for the photo up. And then Black Star and or Lady Liberty comes through and they crash down on him. I missed this watching and I didn't go back to find it. Okay. Apparently that kid died. The kid with the flaming fists. And I missed it. Lady Liberty's there and Black Star starts going off. He ends up grabbing one girl that is like teleports around. He grabs her and then he has this chest beam, goes through her. All she is is a head left. And then it hits one of Paragon's good friends. So he gets killed. Everybody's trying to fight him and get him down. He gets Utopian under his foot. And he, Utopian's like, he's going nuclear. In his chest, he starts to flame up or whatever. Paragon jumps over, punches him right on like the middle of his forehead, blows his whole face apart, kills him. His dad gets up and is like, what have you done? You gotta live, we live by the code. You just killed him. It's like, it was him or you. I chose you. It's like, there's more things you could have done. You could have shut down the system. And his dad scolded him for saving all of their lives. The dude was gonna go nuclear. And that's kind of the whole thing throughout the show. In this timeline, I'll get to that in a minute. In this timeline, <laughs> it's the real struggle of the younger heroes and the older heroes kind of realizing that we can't just throw these people in jail anymore. Like, they're getting crazy. They're just killing us. They're upping their tactics, and we're not meeting them. Yeah. And that's kind of the struggle. Like, a bunch of the younger heroes throughout the show are like, we can't we can't kill them. But then, like, one of their friends dies in battle. And like, well, I'll just, I'll kill him. He already killed Like, why are we not meeting these yeah. people? So that happens, and they call the Supermax, like, we got Black Star, but he's dead. Dude who reads the minds is the kid's uncle. He looks over at the Utopian and says, we have a problem. And then we cut to their base in the autopsy room with Black Star's dead body. And then Black Star walks in. Absolutely funny. He just has a mouth on him. And he's like, what am I looking at? And the Utopian's like, well, that's you. Like, huh, who did that? And then Paragon's like, I did. And then he's like, he's like well, I can tell you that's not me. Well, who made a clone of you? Did you make a clone of And they're like kind of sweating him. And then Blackstar gets on Utopia and he's like, so what about your code though? thought y'all didn't kill. But it's different when it's your kid, isn't it? He should be hauled off to jail right now. He should be sitting with me. And then they push him back to his jail cell and he's just going off. And that's kind of what we have to go through throughout the show. Well, most of the show is like Paragon having to be sidelined because he killed this guy thing is 78% of Americans agree that Black Star should have died and that really bothers the Utopian and it's really the struggle that the Utopian has with them just killing people yeah. like you we that's not that's not how the code is supposed to be we cut to later well I guess now I get into it the show takes place in two timelines there's the current timeline then back right before the Great Depression is when it starts 
And it's so when... Is it, is it different timelines or different time periods? Time periods, I mean. Okay, so like everything Everything's in the, the same 20s timeline. happened in yes, the past. It's just a different happened. time period. Okay. We get to Samson, who is utopian. Okay. He runs this big steel mill with his dad. And it's before he gets his powers. Okay, is his dad's name Jupiter? No. Okay. I don't remember what his dad's... I, I want to say his dad's name is Clark, but I'm probably wrong. Okay. And it's just... Basically, it, they set it up. The They're trying to expand... And then the Great Depression happens. That happens. And there he comes in, his brother, the uncle that can control minds. He's in there. He's trying to save everything. Because he told him, we don't want to expand right now. And then they were like, well, we got to expand. And they overruled him. They went to expand. He's trying to save the company. And then Samson's like, where's dad? So he runs up there on the top of the building. And he's looking at his dad. And his dad is talking. And we know where this is going. And then... Samson's like, Dad, you got to come downstairs and talk to these guys. We got to figure out what's going on. He's like, all right, I'll be right down. And Samson turns around and goes for the door. And then he hears his dad's step. He turns around, his dad's stepping off the building. He jumps to go get him. He doesn't get there. So his dad just commits suicide. He just walks off the top of the building. I have trouble that I think the line, I'll be down in a minute, is very funny. Well, no, that they highlight that. They talk about that later. He's like, Samson's like, he said, I'll be right down. Like it was a joke. It, like, he really struggles with his father's death. He goes to this publication, and they publish that he killed himself because he gambled away the pensions on expansion for his whole company. The pension fund went to the expansion, so now there's no pensions for any of the workers. And he walks into this office, he's like, I can't believe you guys would say this, blah, blah, blah. And the reporter lady, and she's like, all of this is true. You can tell anybody over there at Samson Steel, wh whoever told you to come over here and sweat me, I don't care. And then she doesn't realize who it is. She doesn't realize who Samson is. And then he looks at her and he says, my dad would never do these things. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry for your loss, but I I didn't write anything that isn't true. And he, he gets upset. Then he gets back and he's talking. He says, we need to get our lawyers. We're lawyering up. We're suing uh, Grace Kennedy. I think that's her name. Over there at whatever the publication was. And then Walt is sitting in the chair. Walt's the brother. He's like... We're not suing anybody. And he's like, yeah, we, I can't believe, they said all this about daddy. And then he just screams, it's true. Our dad has been doing horrible things his entire life, but you were too blowing smoke everywhere <laughs> to notice. That's when the bad collapse happens. That's when he like, is like, oh my God, my dad's a horrible person. And then he starts to fall apart. We get to the funeral. He collapses at the funeral. Like It was almost like a seizure. He had, and he's in a coma. He wakes up. When he wakes up, he has these visions of this farm. There's an island, a wall with lights, and he keeps having these visions throughout all of this time. He's like, "This has to mean something. It has to mean something." It's uh, it's always telling him, "Don't. This stuff isn't true. Who cares? Stop. Stop worrying about the stuff in your head. Go back home. Talk to you. Georgie is his friend." Okay. He comes over to try to console him, and he can see that he's obviously going nuts. Like, he's crazy. There's something wrong. He's, like, yelling into nowhere because he's yelling at his dad, but nobody else can see his dad. And Georgie eases him down and then finally gets him to sleep because he hasn't slept in, like, five days. Then he takes his papers, and Georgie believes him. Georgie's like, these are real. These drawing Because he's drawing stuff out. He's like, these are real. So a bunch of stuff happens. He go, ends up leaving and just disappearing. 
He gets better because Georgie told him about told him something and it got him to stop thinking about all that stuff. And then when Georgie told him that, he kind of thinks it's true. Everything comes back. He's triggered again. And then he takes off. And nobody knows where he, where he went. Come to find out he's in Kansas. He went to go find this house because it's a farm with a mill, with a windmill. Golf farms are in Kansas. Yeah, and he finally, he found it. He goes and there's a farmer. And I don't, it's an actor that is like known, but I don't know his name. Plays the name a of the show. Jupiter's like, he just Jupiter's plays a farmer. Like, what's the dude look like? Uh, imagine an older Bill Burr. Oh, um, his name is Miller? Maybe, I don't know. He's uh, a farmer. Kurtwood Smith. Maybe. I, I, I really don't older know. older Bill Burr, like this dude? Yeah, him. I got you. I definitely yeah. have seen him before, too, yeah. but I don't The, the character's yeah, name he, is Miller for everyone. Yeah, so okay, he's telling him he has the same visions. He's like, you're not the first per- person to come here. Apparently, everybody goes to that farmhouse, and the farmer met the thing. He used to, sit, he used to sail. And there was something in the ocean. The storm was alive. We tried to go around it, but it, it like it followed us like it was alive. Then it came up from underneath the ocean, and it took everybody, but I survived. And I hear the ringing and the ticking, and it never stops. His dad shows up, and he yells at his dad. And he's like, is this somebody close? He's like, what do you mean? He's like, guy you're talking to, is this, is this somebody close? It's always somebody close. They're going to lie to you. It's always the close ones that are going to lie to you. And he kills himself. He just shoots himself in the head. So he sees, he gets up and he sees underneath where the guy was sitting, there's a cellar. Because he can see where the blood is on the outline of the door. So he opens it up, he goes down there. The farmer killed his entire family. And (laughs) they're just dead around this table. And there's coordinates and blood. All the drawings that he was doing were drawn in blood on the walls in this cellar. And then he has this vision of all these people around the table. Now they're alive and they're his friends. Like there's Walt, there's Georgie, there's Grace Kennedy. There's this guy Fitz who used to work for him. There's one dude he's never met before. So he's like, I need these people. I need to get all these people. As he walks out of the house in Kansas, Walt pulls up because he called his wife to be. And then she called Walt when he hung up and Walt went to come find him, got him. Then they go back. He's like, I need to plan this expedition. Because now he has the coordinates, which is in the middle of the ocean. And he has to go recruit everybody that he saw in his dream. Grace just got fired, so she goes. Georgie is down with him. He gets Walt. What did she do to get fired? He's a, she's a woman. Okay. They needed to cut down. Okay. On, they need, it is. It's the 20s. I yeah, gotcha. They needed to cut down on costs, so a couple of workers were getting let go. She was the only person to get let go. They convince Walt to go. They get Fitz. He didn't know who the other guy was sitting at the table. So I was like, all right, well, let's go. They got to sail out of Morocco. They, they get this captain and they go. They find this guy in the ocean and they pull him up. Samson looks, he's like, that's the last guy. They pull him out of the ocean. He was either the Peace Corps or the, I think it was the Red Cross. And they were going to go take care of people like the Red Cross does. Mm-hmm. And he's like, like, it was alive. Literally, they do a cut between the farmer giving his speech about the storm and this guy giving a speech and it's literally it's matching up to everything he's saying then the storm hits them and the captain wants to turn around he's like we got to go through it and then they have this big fight everybody has guns on each other he's like i'm turning the ship around no you're not he has a gun and then the other guy pulls a gun basic stuff and then they go through the storm and then out of nowhere just an island appears they watch an island appear they go to this island 
they have these trials they got to get through. They get halfway there. They're like, all right, we got to go back. They try to turn around. The island won't let them. It just starts sprouting trees up in front of them instead of letting them leave the island. Like, you're here now. Now you're going to do what you need to do. So they go, and they got to do these trials. They finally get through it. Walter and Samson and Georgie kind of air their frustrations with each other. And then it finally gets to the point where they're like, we have to trust and believe in each other. They do. They pass the ordeal. Then they get transported somewhere. I assume it's Jupiter because of the name of the show. But they never specifically say Jupiter. It starts off and Samson sees his dad coming out. And he's like, no, not right now. I, I, No, I'm so close. I don't want to deal with you right now. And Walt grabs him and is like, I think it's okay. I see him too. This figure talks to you as the person that you care about a lot. Somebody that's really important to you. And this okay. is all precursor. When they're walking to the mountain in the middle of the island, mm-hmm. he's like, who's somebody that you lost that you really cared about? Georgie says his mom. Then they show Georgie's mom talking to him in this. Fitz says his grandma. It's Fitz's grandma. The guy that got out of the ocean, they said it's... Uh, he talks about this dude that went on the trip with him. I think they imply that he's gay. They because that, when they say somebody really close to you that you lost, he has an interaction with somebody... And somebody says something, he's like, yeah, you wouldn't, more than you would know. Okay. And I think they're implying that they had a gay relationship. But it's the 20s. Yeah. So, like, it's not allowed. And I can understand. I could be wrong. I thought that's what they were doing. But if not, then whatever. I'm, I apologize. Yeah. And then I think they, Grace, it was her brother or somebody. It was somebody in a military uniform. Okay. It was her brother or her dad or something. I, I think it's her brother. So they go ahead and they do that. And then this big explosion happens. They get these powers. And then the guy on the boat is like, all right, we're leaving. And then the one of the shipmates is like, sir. And then all six of them come flying down out of the sky in their superhero outfits. And that's the end of the 1922. All of that. That all happens at the same time as the other storyline happens throughout the ten episodes. Or the eight episodes. Okay. Does it trade off episode by episode? or does No. It it's, you're going to see the 22 era and the current okay. era. Kind of like episode. the flashbacks and flash forwards in Arrow. I've never it seen this. It so just I can't, is. Yeah, okay. I, like I will, I've a, never seen it, but yeah. The, in the current, it's just dealing with this clone of Black Star. They found Samson's dad's watch in the Black Star in a thing by Sky Fox. Sky Fox is Georgie. Okay. Apparently, Georgie didn't agree with the code and became the biggest supervillain around. Ooh. So he left, betrayed Ooh. him. They show that Utopian. Walt always has this insecurity that he sees Georgie more of a brother than he does Walt. You can see that in the 22 version. They show it when they have Walt and Samson talking about Sky Fox. He's like, I still believe he had a good reason to do it. And he's like, well, he's kind of a Nazi, is what Walt says. So you can see that Walt doesn't like him. They find that. They know it's Samson Tech. Like, why? Would, how did he have Dad's watch? And it's a copy of the exact watch that they have. They do all these things. Utopian also has a daughter named Chloe. This was the weakest part of the show for me. She's just a druggy supermodel. She's like, I don't want to be a superhero, so I'm going to do the opposite of what my dad wants. I do drugs. I take um, photos naked and stuff like that. Whenever she's on screen, I'm like, all right, let's get past this. But then Sky Fox has a kid, and he doesn't like know his dad, I guess. For some reason, he isn't in contact. with Sky. Nobody knows where Sky Fox is, not even his kid. And his kid's been trying to find him. His kid, we find out, has this thing that he can say, like, shark-infested waters, and it'll take him there. Idaho. Transport him to Idaho. Whatever. If somebody else grabs it, 
he can say that's when he says the shark infested waters and he gets that dude killed and then he says home and it comes back to him in a flashback in 22 the guy that i think is gay the guy that they got out of the water he's the one with the stick and he's nowhere to be found in the current era so i'm assuming he died and sky fox took the rod or something else has happened but now i know that sky fox's kid has the rod and that guy is not around we see that he's a heist guy so he steals stuff because he can just teleport in and yeah. teleport out they end up hitting oh. chloe which is the kid of the utopian that's a druggie hitting her with the van on the way home or they attack her because they know he's utopian's daughter so they're freaking out she beats him up takes their things which is drugs i guess they never really specify what it is she just shoves it all up her nose and then she's gonna die like everybody else <laughs> leaves her apartment and she's like having i do I don't know what it is, but she's having an attack. And the guy teleports in to try to find the drugs where it is because he knows who she is. So he's like, he can say Chloe's room or whatever, Chloe's apartment. And he goes and he sees her there. And then the episode cuts. And I thought she was just going to die. Then we wake up. He's in the hospital with her. He took her to the hospital. And he's like, you took something that doesn't belong to you. And that's all I got from it. Unless I miss something, that's all I talk about it. And the next thing you know, they're having sex. I so knew now, it was gonna happen eventually. Like, now they're now they're uh, together in a thing. When he tells his group, he's like, "Yeah, I'm hooking up with her." They leave him. He's like, "Yeah, no, we're done. I'm not <laughs> dealing with the Utopian's daughter." So he goes to go do this job on, by himself. He ends up getting tore up, and then she just flies in. She followed him and just flies in, yes. beats up everybody. He's like, "What? Well, I have the code to get this thing unlocked." And she's like, "Yeah, I do too." Bang! Just pops the thing off, takes the thing with him. And we get the finale. They're going to go into the mind of this clone Black Star to see who made him. Walt has a kid that is a contract killer, but is also a psychic. They recruit her for like a million dollars a day to go ahead and help him get into this mind. It was a trap. Set by Sky Fox. As soon as he got in, he was trapped. It's a trap. The girl's holding the mind door open. He's got to fight his way out to get out. He's fighting Sky Fox. He's getting beat. Lady Liberty goes in. Somehow they get her into the mind. Is Lady Liberty... Paragon's mom. Utopian and Lady Liberty are together. That's Grace. Okay. That's what Gra I thought. Yeah, Grace is, is Lady Liberty. Grace. Grace and Samson ended up getting together and getting married. Okay. They go ahead. They do that. Sky Fox kind of takes care of Lady Liberty with some gun. It, like, freezes her. Um, um It legitimately it ex looks exactly like The Incredibles when he has the gun and he freezes all four of the family. Then they both wake up. And he's like, he sent me a message, and it's just Sky Fox over dead Samson and Paragon. Oh, the Utopian. And he shows it to Grace. He's like, that's the message. We got to warn them. At this same time, Blackstar got let out of his cell. So Utopian and Paragon were the only two that were around. So they go in. Obviously, Blackstar gets Paragon in a headlock. He's like, well, you got to see what, what's up, Utopian, with your code. Because I have your son. It's either you live by your code and you have a dead son and you get me or you kill me and you break your code. Right before this, the kid told him I believe in the code. This girl came to me, said she was going to leave, and I found myself saying what you would say but actually believing it. Blackstar's holding him, and it gets to the point where Blackstar's really like, kid, I don't think he's picking you. Well, I guess this is it. And then you see Utopian's eyes light up like he's going to shoot his eye beams. Petra is one of the other girls in the show. Hits Black Star behind his back. Utopian knocks him off with a laser beam. They get into a little tussle, and then 
Paragon starts beating on Battle uh, Black Star, and he's about to kill him, and he doesn't do it, and he lets him go. Of course not. And then the dad gets up. He's like, "I wasn't gonna let you die." And the kid just looks at him. He's like, "I know, dad." And he just walks away. Because he was gonna let him die. He was gonna live by the code, even though first episode in the show, I think it's the first episode, the kid saved him and broke the code. And his dad basically shows him, I wouldn't break the code for you. So we cut back and Samson goes up to Walt. I think I'm losing Paragon. I already lost Chloe. I can't lose him too. And then it cuts to Walt talking to his daughter. And the daughter's like, so we're going to talk about it, right? I don't know why. And I don't want to know why you made a copy of Black Star and then let him out of jail. All you got to do is pay me $50 million. I won't say a word. He starts talking and gloating and going about, you really think you're really strong. I, was re- I, I didn't want it to go this way. I really wanted to bring you in, take you under my wing, but I guess that's not going to happen. And then it cuts, the mindscape comes down, and he cut his daughter's throat. Killed her. Because she figured out that Walt made the ba- Battlestar clone, and he let Battlestar out of jail. He's trying to force paragon to hate his father he wants to shift he wants to get utopian gone samson he said it's time for new leadership we got to do this different and i didn't see this coming but now looking back on it in the first episode he's like we could have done so much more imagine how world war ii could have went if we would have stepped in imagine what korea and vietnam would have been like if we would have just went in there how many less people would have died he's like well we can't step in we can't govern he's like well, maybe we could have done something. And it just leads you... So it's like... That's just like that. Walt is now our big bad, and I had no idea. The best twists are the ones that you don't see coming. Yep, Looking I, back, it could not have ended any other way. I had no clue. Oof. Absolutely no idea. It was very good. I did not expect this show to be that good. When a Netflix show comes out, I'm like, all right, this is going to be... Yeah. But it even looked good. It didn't look boys good. The boys looks fantastic, but this looked much, much better than I thought a Netflix show would. It was fantastic. And that's on Netflix, you said? Yeah. Okay. It was very good. I did not... I played the first episode. I'm like, all right, let me see what this is about. Because I was originally going to cover Thunder Force. And then I called you and I said, I just watched this movie for like three or four hours and I have nothing to say because I just don't know. It was so bad. Oh, yeah. Like, I I literally (laughs) couldn't find anything to, like, getting angry about it, I could be entertaining, but I don't know what to get angry about because it was so unforgettable and unmemorable. So, Zach. Tanner. What have you been reading this week? Well... I didn't read anything new this week because I never finished talking about what I read last week. What a fraud. This is going to be a three-episode arc, it sounds like, with Spider-Man Life Story. But, my God, is it good. It's really good. I had to, like, flip through it a bit earlier today to, like, get get the bones back. It's like, okay, what happens? We got the 80s in issue three and the 90s in issue four. So, the 80s. Before you get started. Okay. You wanted to add something you forgot to bring up last yes, week. Yes, so I forgot two things with it. So we talked about Spider-Man working with Reed Richards and getting into an argument with him. When they were in the argument, uh, Peter has, like, in a moment of anger, takes a shot at Reed about his family leaving him. So it just noted, because it, it will come up in relevance, I think in issue five or issue six, that Reed is not part of the Fantastic Four anymore. Sue has left him. That that's a whole thing. In a maker kind of way, but not the maker. In a maker kind of way, but he never goes full maker. Yeah. At least not that we see from it. We wish he would, but he doesn't. I mean, I do like maker. 
And then the other one, I made a comment about this kind of, but I never bothered to look it up. And as much as, and it's because I don't think this character is good. The teacher that they had that Gwen works with that did the cloning stuff, his name is Miles Warren, and that is the secret identity of the Jackal, who in the Clone Saga is the one that makes the clones. Okay. And he, he does other Spider-Man stuff too, but he's most well known for the Clone Saga. I was just sitting around the other day and I was writing down all the, all the things, and I was just like, let me check this, just to make sure, because I know they did give his name. It's like, let me check it, and it is the Jackal. He never goes full Jackal, but he didn't need to. So, the 80s. The 80s. We open up, MJ is very pregnant. <laughs> like how pregnant? Like like cantaloupe pregnant, watermelon pregnant. Like these babies can come any box day box watermelon pregnant. Like what are we, are we talking like, giant, like James and the Giant Peach pregnant? Or are we talking Raul Federer tennis ball pregnant? Well, we, what are I, we talking? Uh, she's pregnant with twins and her due date was a week ago pregnant. Oh my. <laughs> very pregnant. Uh, there's a problem though. Uh, Peter has been missing for a few weeks. He's on a weird planet called Battleworld with all the oh, Avengers. It's sad. Secret Wars, my guy. Secret uh, Wars is so cool. Yes, and of course, this is the original, the 80s Secret War again. The Marvel, big Marvel events still happened in the year they were published. He's out with all the other people. Again, suit changed, his suit's more armored, more together. Peter's getting old. He's in his 40s now. Fixing his suit. He's stitching up the fabric, trying to get together. Hulk and Thor walk in, and he notes that, and I think Thor, like, makes fun of him. He's just kind of like, oh, sitting there fixing your suit like that. And he's just like, some of us don't have godly lightning to fix our suits. And then Thor just goes, I didn't even have to do this. There's a replicator in the next room. Look at Hulk's shorts. And Hulk's shorts aren't torn. They're all nice and done. <laughs> we love Hulk's shorts. And Peter shorts. says, fuck it, okay. Nothing makes sense here anyway. Goes into the room. He goes to scan it. And when he's doing this, he sees a black ball. And he's like, what is this? And he like, reads like, something of your desire, whatever. He touches it. It's the symbiote. It creates the black suit. He feels fucking amazing. <laughs> he starts going. He fights a bit. It shows a scene with it's him, Tony Stark, and Reed Richards in a room, like in an offshoot, trying to figure out what they're doing with this thing. Reed congratulates Peter on Parker Industries. So Parker Industries doesn't happen in the Spider-Man lifetime in the comics until Superior Spider-Man. Yeah. But... I assume this is a way to set Peter up with this now. Because you got to also remember, like, in comics, Peter's always, like, in his 20s or in his 30s. Yeah. Because he's getting older, it's setting up. It's like, okay, by the time Peter's 40, you would have done this. Like, they go out, they figure out the end of Secret Wars. They come back. Peter's missed the birth of his children. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. That's not funny. <laughs> we see that Aunt May is a bit unwell. You know, she's getting old. Yeah, she's got to be around Ock, too, so. Nope. Uh, she left Ock. Damn. Aunt May left Doc. We find out why in the 90s. We'll get to that. Uh, Spidey is keeping the black suit. It makes him feel good. You know, all the pluses of the black suit are yeah. really helping an older man. Fight, fight, fight. The press doesn't like this. Now, the press already doesn't like Spider-Man, but yeah. the press doesn't like this. I want Spider-Man. Earlier on, I don't remember if it was the 80s or the 70s, Jonah and Peter kind of have a little falling out. Like Again, it's also part of like Peter getting older. He doesn't have to keep going back to the Bugle for money to send okay. pictures. doesn't need to. He has Parker Industries. Eventually, he goes to Richards because he needs a scientist opinion on something. And while he was there, I think he gets knocked out or something he needs to be checked on. Reed analyzes the suit, and he tells Peter, Pete, the suit's alive. It's, a, it's like an alien symbiote. And Peter looks at me. He's just like, I know. I'm a scientist. Do you think I didn't analyze this thing when I got back? And this is like the difference between like 
20-year-old Peter getting the suit and 40-year-old Peter getting the suit. Yeah, there's drawbacks to it. But it's either this or swing around a suit of armor. Like, okay. this keeps me healthy. It keeps me strong. And if I have to deal with some wannabes, then I, got, then I gotta. It's whatever. He goes down back to the city. And he gets ambushed by someone in this black Spider-Man suit in a, in a ripoff. They fight, they fight the fight. Mask gets ripped off. It's Craven. Spidey wins at first. He goes home. He's got a few wounds. He sends the black suit into, like, a little containment unit. You see that he's really kind of accepted the black suit. He washes up. Craven attacks him while he's home. The gun to Peter's head doesn't matter. You're my biggest hunt. You've humiliated me before, and now I'll have my revenge. Peter says, you wouldn't. You're a lot of things, but you're not a killer. Craven said, okay. Pulls the trigger. Shoots him. Buries him. Craven's last hunt. You get the deal. Yep. He does stuff in the Spider-Man suit. The symbiote, then alive, jumps out of the case to find Peter. It should be noted, for those who don't know, Craven's last hunt happened while Peter was in the black suit, but after he got rid of the symbiote. There's a time where he wears a black, where he wears a, a cloth version of the suit. Because yes. he, they keep the design, but they nix the venom. Mary Jane, of course, he, she doesn't like the suit. She was kind of trying to edge Peter on to, to not do this anymore. Symbiote goes back to Peter. Peter breaks out, like claws his way out of the grave. You know, that the scene that we get from Craven's last time, except with the symbiote helping him this time. He gets home. MJ goes out to find him, to find him like kind of venomed out, trying almost killing Craven. MJ has a countermeasure. She uses the countermeasure. It's just like a sonic cannon. Blast the symbiote off of him. Then they get a report that Aunt May has left the house with their kids. Aunt May's a bit senile. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a hard time. And Mary Jane, this is like the breakdown of their relationship. They break down a bit. MJ's just like, as long as you're Spider-Man, you can't take care of your aunt. I can't take care of her. You don't want to put her in a home. Like, it's either, like, I can't anymore as long as you keep being Spider-Man. Peter, with great power comes great responsibility. He can't stop being Spider-Man. MJ's just like, then I'm taking the kids. And we're leaving. Damn. And they leave. MJ takes them and leads. Damn. Leaves. Our last, Peter's kind of left with nothing. Our last little thing that we get is Craven. He's, as far as he knows, that blast killed Spider-Man. So he didn't get to kill Spider. Upset, this is also how Craven's last time ends. He takes a gun, pulls it onto himself, and pulls the trigger. As he pulls the trigger, you see the, you see the symbiote climb up the gun. Uh-huh. That's all we see with Craven in the 80s. Huh. 90s pops up. We see Doc Ock's attack in Chicago. He's attacking Chicago. Kind of gives him gives, gives you some cliff notes. Like, well, Aunt May left me, so, you know. Fuck it. <laughs> he's trying to think. He's like, I know there's a red-masked man running around here in Chicago. Come out, hero! And he's throwing things. And he's being Doc Ock. Throwing things. Making a big deal about it. He's being very Doc Ock about the situation. Uh, we see Spider-Man. Again, different suit. A bit more armored. Come in. Otto, didn't you give this life up? Otto yells something that's like, oh, ever since your aunt, your aunt left me, it doesn't matter. I cried at her funeral. Aunt May's dead. And they fight, they fight, they fight. Ock beats Peter down. Peter knocks Peter unconscious. Huh. Also, it should be noted that Ock has, like, kind of where Ock gets later in life, where he has, like, the more mechanical suit, where he's almost, like, in a full chrysalis because he's old. 
Yeah, he's old. Peter comes to, and he sees Harry kind of in shackles. Not like tied... Peter's, like, tied down to, like, an examination table, but, like, one of the ones that's propped up because the supervillain needs to monologue to. You can tell that Harry is in his right mind, but he's, like, being threatened by Ock. He's just like, I'm sorry, Pete, I had to. He looks over on another examination table sitting up is Ben Riley, who's shackled up, and he's just like, I don't know why we're here, Pete. I couldn't... I've been doing what you said. I've been staying out of the shadows, been doing all these things. And Peter just looks at him, and it's kind of that look of, like... Don't lie to me. You've been doing stuff, but whatever. <laughs> right here. Otto comes out, and he has that sort of thing. It's just like, I had a plan. I don't think it's worth it, because I could hurt you in a way that you would never imagine. Because I know about this whole clone thing of yours. So I did some research. Because you still think you're the real Peter Parker. They do a little switcheroo here, and it turns out that so this happened in the clone saga where at the very end it's revealed that Ben is the real Peter and Peter's the clone. And yeah, it's according to the data there, Peter is the clone and Ben Riley is the real Peter Parker. Eventually Harry I think Harry breaks him out, does something, or Peter gets mad and just you know Spider-Man does that where he's bound and he gets mad and he's just like Achah! So in those pods in the what was that, the seventies? It wasn't yes. only the original Gwen, it was, it was also, the Peter. also yes. the original Peter. Okay, That's what we're being led to believe right now. Okay. So, they fight, they get out, and him and Ben, him and Ben have a moment. I'm sorry, like, I didn't know, and Ben's just like, I understand, Peter, uh, like, this is a lot for either of us. Like, you can tell Ben's angry, but he knows not to be angry at Peter. Like, both of them, like, they've grown. They're old. What, they're in, like, their 50s now, it would be? And Peter's just like, I know I can't do anything, but if you wanted to switch lives... Like, I could do it. And he pulls out the Spider-Man like, if you wanted this, this has taken so much from me that this is almost a gift of God for me to give this up. And hmm. Ben said, well, Gwen, I think Gwen died. Gwen either died or left him. One of the two. Not Gwen, the, the Gwen clone, Helen. Okay. If you really want to. And Peter's just like, yes, I have, you can take the mask, Parker Industries, you can take it all. Ben says... Yes, he says yes, and he said, but there's one more thing, Pete. I know I know you said that we should lay low and not do anything, that I shouldn't use my powers for good, cause but, I, but I couldn't help myself. All of this, the, there's crime, but I had to do something, and he pulls out the Scarlet Spider mask, and they trade masks, and Ben goes on to leave Peter's life, and in a few pages at the end, Peter, he goes home. He knows where MJ moved to, and I think it was in, like, Oregon or something, like the other side of the country. Yep. And he runs up, and you see his kids run up to him, and MJ's just there, and it's a moment to where like Stop. to where like MJ knows kind of like she gets it, and like maybe like Peter then tells her, and they embrace, and it looks like Peter Parker gets his happy ending. Oh, I thought there, I thought you were gonna be like, and he runs up and he hugs the kids, and he looks at MJ, and then a dude walks out of the kitchen. <laughs> MJ's no. moved on. I was gonna cry. Those are the other things. Okay, so your other stories that are happening in the '90s. Tony Stark is trying to buy Parker Industries. Yeah. He's just trying to. He's having conversations with Peter. This is where we get the the explanation of where MJ and his kids are. Okay. Because you kind of, you notice that Peter and MJ have kind of, have like a good co-parent relationship. Not like, you can tell they're not getting back together because MJ's just not having it. But like, he probably spends Christmases there. Like, yeah. he probably goes and he sees them on their birthdays and on holidays and stuff like that. Because he, he has a picture of them and like... It's the kids after their babies. Like, they're clearly... Like, they're the age they are when he sees them at the end. Tony Stark is just like, well, I heard she moved to Oregon. And Peter's just like, 
you're gonna not talk about my family. You understand that, Stark? <laughs> like, just not having it. I kind of love that about older Peter is that he's like he's so tired of everyone's bullshit. <laughs> like Stark is like trying to like be like his like self. He's like, no, you're not gonna do that. Let me explain to you how this works. Like. It, it's like I know, I know you know that secret door is there. You also, I also know that by the time you get your Iron Man suit here, you could be on the floor. So let's not do, let's not do that part. Let's talk <laughs> about this like businessmen and leave the secret identities and the families out of this. Tony is very like, I want this company. Like we could run this company together. And Peter's just like, yeah. Let me know when you stop making weapons, and I'll consider it. Tony's just like, if it wasn't for my weapons, we'd probably still be fighting in Nam. So I think I'm okay. And Peter's just like, then you can't have my company. Get out. And then, you know, he gets calls. Apparently, he's been hooking up with Jessica Jones. That never leads anywhere. It establishes that as a relationship. You can kind of tell that it's not going anywhere besides, like, friends having fun sometimes. Yep. Uh, I think Jessica helps her with, helps him with a mystery once or twice in, like, some side stuff. That's really it for it is. But, My yeah, bad. that's where we're at for Life Story right now. We'll finish it up next week. I love this book. You, you, it sounds very, very good. Like, there's a lot. Of, like, even then, like, I bet if I looked in, I would... I would find like drop things that he said with Tony and Mr. Fantastic. Yeah. Like to, there's a lot of stuff in there, but I'll leave you with the stinger from like the last two page thing of the nineties. Cause there is one little thing. Okay. Uh, is this like flash Gordon level or kind of, Oh no. All right. No, it won't be that it won't be like, no, go ahead. Hit me. Just hit me. We see Peter and we know it's Peter. There's a, the visual difference between Peter and Ben is that Ben's head is shaven, like not full bald, but like just yeah. the sort of thing. And Peter has actual hair. We see Peter, he's walking into like this secret bar or something. He opens up a secret door, walks down. It's Norman Osborn looking old as shit. He's there and he's acting a bit senile and Peter just walks in. And again, Peter's kind of tired of the shit. He's just like, Norman, drop the fucking act. We both know the deal. And Norman straightens up. He's just like, so you've come here again. And Peter's just like, stop, stop, just stop this. We were in your facility. I know you faked the result. Why the fuck would you do that? He's talking about the clone things. Okay. Establishing that, no, this is the real Peter Parker. So Norman. Peter is the real Peter. Yes. Norman okay. just goes like, well, I thought you took everything from me, so I figured I could take everything from you. And Peter just kind of goes, well, you've just given me my wife and kids back, so thank you. I guess I should be thanking you. I think Norman threatens them, and Peter just kind of does the like, you won't, and Norman has a heart attack and dies. I assume it's the fear that causes the heart attack, and he actually dies in Peter's arms, which is a thing to happen. A little symbolic. Yeah. So... Main segment time, buddy. Yeah, unless anyone else has anything else they want to add. Go watch Jupiter's Legacy. Yeah. Check out Spider-Man's life story. The trades are available almost everywhere. The first of what I'm sure will be many MCU rewrites. Maybe not many, many, but we definitely are going to do a couple. We definitely already have another episode planned where we're going to double team one movie. Are we doing that? I'm down to do that. I think I, eventually we're going to do that. Yeah, we because that movie we if we do any type of MCU rewrite, we need to come back to that movie. I'm gonna say yeah. that movie. I had a I don't want to say an epiphany, but I threw out an idea, and we both really liked it right away, and we want to go more in depth on it and go over how it would affect the MCU. Yeah. When we get there, we'll yeah, tell you guys when we time. get there. And we're not doing that today. I can't wait for that. It's gonna. I think that's gonna be a really good conversation. Yeah. Now, I think I should go for mine. Is sh- shorter, admittedly. Yeah, I think they're gonna be around the same length. I'm do not you? Gonna lie. Yeah. Like I don't. I just don't know what you have planned. But like, I went to do this movie, and then in it, I made sure I rewatched the movie, and it was a lot better than I remember. This was also the second time I've ever seen the movie. I saw okay. it in theaters. And I didn't need to see it again. So I'm talking about Captain Marvel. Yes. I 
we saw this movie together with a group of people. Mm-hmm. And I remember we walked out of the theaters, and I think I was the only one who was very not impressed. Yeah, I really liked it. And then I watched it a second time, and I was like, ooh. I watched it, and I had noted some immediate problems, that being they never explain how she gets her memory back. The big plot through it is that she has memory loss, yep. and then they just kind of don't explain how she gets it back. Uh CGI is wonky in some places, which frustrates me to no end because the CGI is beautiful in some places. Yeah. Like, the space, at the very beginning, all of the space shots in the beginning are breathtaking. And I went, and I told you, I went back and I watched it in 4K on mm-hmm. my laptop to look at these shots again. But, like, at the end where she learns, when she unlocks her powers and then she learns to fly, it's terrible. Yeah. Throw a couple thousand dollars at this more. Like, come on, Disney suit. You were making two, you were cracking two billion dollars with these movies by this point. Yeah. Like... Uh, some things that I thought that I liked, because I did take some notes. The first 20 minutes of that movie, I actually think are perfect. It's re- Perfect's a very strong word. It's a very, very good start to a movie. The flaws in that movie don't start to show until, like, the 30-minute mark. And that, that The 30-minute mark, is that when she gets captured? No. That's when... The first problem with me is when they're going through her fabricated memories. Talos and his goons are... I don't mind that. She, 30 minutes in is about where she crash lands on Earth. It's when that stuff starts. Okay. On the rewatch, I had problems before then. Yeah. At the beginning of the movie, when she first crash lands on Earth, there's a lot of like, yo, you, you, you remember that store is open in the 90s. Yeah. Are you ready? Okay. There's a couple things in this movie that like, it doesn't hurt anything, but like, it, it doesn't, doesn't need, need to, to be, be there. there. I got you. Yeah. She somehow uses the phone booth to talk to Yonrog. And I have an easy fix for this, because I think it's kind of like magic, 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 or like science, science, science. But like, it's because it's, the reason why it bothers me is because it's a phone booth. Those type of things, the communication is through cords. You'll be happy to know that on the Disney Plus version, they keep the Marvel Studios intro where it tells all the pictures of Stan. Yeah, I know that. I rewatched it with, uh, I started to rewatch it with my stepmom, and I think that was a big shout out, stepmom, love you. Yeah, so... And my only, like, big issue with that part of the scene is there is, and I think on the face of it, this moment is cool, and that's where, like, she is beating up this grandma and, like, the people the, the people on the train start to hold her back. They've yeah. watched this grandma do, like, a quadruple front flip by this point. Like, what? <laughs> it's not like she's beating up this old grandma and this grandma's just laying on the ground and she's, like, jolly stomping her. No, this grandma, like, grabs the, the one of the handle poles and, like, does a spin around it and, like, does all this weird shit. And I'm just like, no. You can tell this grandma's not normal by this point. This is like Madagascar-level kitty grandma, you know what yeah. I'm talking about? Like, you don't need to help this grandma at this point. Other things like Fury isn't wrong, the grunge look does look really good on Carol. I, so, I love Brie Larson in this movie. I A lot of people complain about her. I was ready to go in and be like, yeah, maybe they're right, but I, I, I like her. I think her dynamic with Fury is really good. And, of course, Sam Jackson just makes the movie great. I don't know what you want from me. I just don't care for Brie Larson in general, but she's all right. Yeah. Carol's a very sassy character in this movie and kind I of... I say she's a pretty sassy character in general. I don't read a lot of Captain Marvel comics. I was, it, the one Captain Marvel comic When she's Miss Marvel really and then she goes to Captain Marvel, that's kind of just her thing. Yeah. She's kind of just like a smart mouth. And yeah. Then, she's that way the whole time. There's no point where like she randomly becomes this. Like She's that way from the beginning of the movie. Yeah. What's the name of the cat? Oh, I'll get to the cat. It's What's Goose. his name? Movie cat is Goose. Goose. Comic cat is Chewy. And Chewy Goose. I don't mind the diff. I don't mind it being different. 
I love goose. I don't mind it being different because the origin of the cat is different. Okay. I'll get to that. Goose. There's a little thing where they get detained in Project Pegasus, and Nick Fury does some, like, things with the tape to get the fingerprint. I loved seeing some spy Nick Fury shit. Yep. I just have written down a Tony Stark quote from Avengers. He's a spy. He's the spy. Like, it's just like, and it's, I love seeing it, especially because, again, later in that, they come across the locked door, and, and Fury's just like, I can show you the clip, the paperclip now. He brings out the paperclip, and she just goes, and just melts the handle off. Love that. It's like, that was, and Fury's just like, you just watched me fumble with some tape when you can do that? Like, just, again, their banter is really. Sam Jackson is so they, good. And it's not even just, like, Sam, Sam Jackson riffing off her well. I think she riffs off him well, too. Like, it goes back and forth really well. I love Coulson in this movie. He doesn't get a lot of screen time, but the screen time he does. He's in this movie. He gets, literally, he's at the very beginning, and, like, he, I think he asks, like, a question of the security guard who called them in. Then a scroll impersonates him for a while. This is the scroll that yeah, he's dies. really Yeah, he's young. I forgot. And then S.H.I.E.L.D. is coming down because Talos becomes the main guy yep. of S.H.I.E.L.D., the head of S.H.I.E.L.D., Fury's boss, the director at the time. They come down and Coulson finds them and they're they're told to either bring them in or shoot to kill. Oh, yeah, yeah, Coulson yeah. Coulson sees him in the stairwell and there's just like a moment off and Coulson lets him go. Like he yeah. just has this understanding. And Fury's just like, yeah, the new guy. Maybe he trusts his gut over the authority of others. Hard to find good people like that. And, like, knowing how Fury, how Coulson goes, even, like, if you just look in the MCU or if you call Watch the Age of the Shield stuff, yeah. too. Yeah. I just, I love having those little moments in there. That's all the things I have, like, things I really liked. And I continued liking stuff in the movie, but I realized that I'm supposed to be fixing the movie, not yeah. just noting down things that I liked. So, I again, I enjoyed this movie very thoroughly while when I watched it the second time. I thought it was a lot worse. But things can still be fixed. One of the problems that this movie has is that it does this switch where it wants you to believe that the Kree are the good guys and the Skrulls are the bad guys. And at the end of the movie, it wants to flip them. Now, I'm not saying that that's a bad story because I do think all of us will believe that the Skrulls are bad. But we already know that the Kree are assholes. Yeah. And I think, is it Jude Law that plays Jan Rog? Um, Jude Law. Yeah. Yeah, 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 sorry. Except for one scene, which I would just take out of the movie and I'll get yep. to that. He plays it really well. The kind of like, he clearly doesn't care about Carol, but he's been assigned to take care of her and show her what's going on and like kind of brainwash her into believing into the Kree's bullshit. Yeah. And, and he takes the warrior's answer just like, don't, 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 yeah. emotions aren't good. The Kree believe that emotions aren't good. And of course, Carol is human. She's always wisecracking. She's doing a ton of stuff. She wakes him up at dawn to fight and he's just like you know what time it is and she's like eh, I couldn't sleep he's like we have tablets for that and she's like yeah but then I'd be sleeping <laughs> you want to fight and they do the fight I'd keep all of that and I'd keep the Kree being bad in the end I think overall they play that well the problem is the scrolls are assholes throughout the first half of this movie and not just to the Kree. And Talos tries to like reprimand this at the end and be like, it's war, my hands are dirty from it too. But like, it feels off that at one point, Talos is just straight up like, just kill him. Like, and we're supposed to see him in this sympathetic role. And I either would not have Talos be that heavy on that war stuff, or I would introduce another character. What I want to do is I want to take this Kree, this Kree that's Marvel is hiding away and these Kree that are refugees led by Talos and I want that to be an offshoot Skrull faction and I want the larger race of Skrulls to still be what we know the Skrulls to be from the comics okay. because I 
think that, that effectively fixes the gripe that people have that they can't do secret invasion after this movie. Yes, and I think okay. it fixes that gripe. It keeps Talos mostly intact because once Talos shows up when they're at uh, the Rambo's house in Louisiana, once he shows up there, he's an absolute delight. Oh, absolutely. He's he is fan- fantastic. He I is love actually, him. He's kind of goaded, not going to lie. Yeah, it's just the stuff before that is really weird when he's like on the ship and they're mining through her memories, which I think that scene is good because I think that scene works as the thing that makes her start having the flashbacks. And I am using the flashbacks a lot more heavily throughout my fixes of the movie. Because I think if you're doing a lost memory thing, which isn't a bad arc to do, if you're doing a lost memory arc, you need to follow through with how you're doing it. Okay. I think... You keep that, have either introduce a general that's being hard or show that he's getting orders from above him. Keep Talos's motivation that he wants to save his family and get the good scroll, his faction of good scrolls to a safe planet. But the only way he can do that is to be this general from this higher thing. Have him be like, because he has his uh, plus one. He has like his scientist and he has like his general and stuff. Have him be like, well, we're going to do this. And general will be like, but sir, commander said we should wipe this place at like, yeah. Have him have that struggle because I think number one, it makes it easier to sympathize to him later in the movie. And also it shows that there is a ruthless scroll race out there that it can now be at the MCU in any moment. And with having that full faction of scrolls there that are good, Talos's group, you can still have your far from home reveal and stuff like that. You can still have good scrolls out there. Yep. Sick. Yeah. I just I think that's a better fix for that situation and it explains why he's a bit ruthless at the beginning if he's taking orders instead of just giving them. You can keep most of their stuff on Earth. I love two scrolls changing into the same person and Talos being obviously you have to change. <laughs> I think it's funny. Her the blockbuster thing is fine, her coming up to the security guard is fine. Have her say like, I need to communicate with someone or I need to call someone and he points to the phone booth. Have that not work because that's some bullshit. And have her instead Find the radio shack, see communication equipment in there, and have her use a ham radio. Ham radios were all the rage in the 90s, and they used radio signals. Okay. You can believe that if she hooks Cree technology up to a radio, that it could reach the outers of space. I just, like, that's a very quick thing to be like, yeah, if you boost this, it might work like that. The train scene, either have the Skrulls, the grandma, not fight back and have them pull her back, or have the grandma just get the best of her. She's being held back by this thing on her neck. We established yeah. that early on. Another thing for the beginning of the movie, I want yon Rog. I want one or two expeditional lines of dialogue. This is the problem this movie has, too. It expects you to know what's going on sometimes without telling you. And I think that this isn't just a thing that Captain Marvel does. I just think that when, like, Infinity War or Endgame does it, you key into it because you already know Iron Man and Captain America by that point. Yeah. This is them doing an origin story without giving a lot of the explanation because most of their fans in their movies now know what's going on but this is an origin story you need to tell us stuff that's going on like how her powers work or how this stuff works a change i was going to do for the end of the movie is i was going to change what stone it was but there's a lot of expositional lines where it does need to be the space stone okay just for the sake of it like i was going to think about changing it to the power stone because i think there's an easy way to then get it off world afterwards but there's a lot, like, her, like, get to remember, they were using the power to make a light speed engine. Yeah. One of the things that Talos says later on is that he, is that she was going to use it to get them to the other end of space. It makes sense that it's the space stone in exposition, and you can keep that. And the CGI on the scrolls, really good. Yeah, it's not nearly as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah, that's why it makes me so upset that that one or two scenes, because there's also a scene in the, one of the scenes in the beginning, it's dark and it feels like it's dark to try to hide some things, and you can get away with that, but. 
That's why, like, moments in this movie when the CGI are bad make me upset because there's moments where the CGI is so good. And it's Marvel Studios. By this point, didn't Infinity War gross, like, $2 billion? Oh, yeah. Or did we not? Like, like that was the point. Like, we were grossing over a billion dollars with yeah. these movies. We were making... We were you, making can, you can put some more budget into this and tighten this up a bit. Yeah. We're not in Iron Man territory anymore. Yeah. After she's on the scroll ship, I need memory flashes to happen a lot more, and I need her to signify when they're happening. Like, have her get a headache or something. Like, lean into the tropes of memory loss a bit, but the tropes are there because they work. So, like, when she goes into the bar, have her have a headache. All those flashes in the bar, I think, are good. Maybe have her recover one or two while she's there. Conversation with Fury, don't change a thing. They work off each other really well. Yep. They go to Project Pegasus. Don't introduce Goose at Pegasus. I love Goose the cat. I think he's great. I think calling him Goose instead of Chewie works because in the comics, Carol gets the cat and she names him after his favorite movie. I assume him being named Goose is a Top Gun reference. And given that it was Marvel's cat, it makes sense. Like, there, okay, like yeah. it makes sense it would be a Top Gun reference. I would instead have Goose be at the Rambos because why would Goose be at this military base when his owner is dead? Yeah. They build that those three had a relationship. And yeah. given that at the time it looked like that Maria Rambo was the only survivor, it makes sense that she would take in this cat. It doesn't change much. And it cuts out one bad CGI scene with the cat. Yeah. If, if you're wondering, the cat a lot of times is CGI because Brie Larson is allergic to cats. Oh, didn't know that. Yes. So a lot of times either there's a body double in her place or there's CGI the cat. And the fact that you didn't notice that shows that at points the CGI in this movie is really good. Yep. I obviously mean when they take off and the cat's against the thing. Don't need to do that. And if you have Goose at the Rambos when he's introduced, you don't get that. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. It works. It just I've, I've liked all these changes so far. Yeah, it's just because the movie isn't bad. So all of these little quality of life changes just fixes these things. I wouldn't change Talos turning into the director, especially when, like, we have it later that the director was just knocked out in a room somewhere. Yeah, he's not dead, right? Yeah, like, again, it's that sort of thing. It's where, like, there's this weird tone shift, and I think, like, if you make it that whenever Talos is in control of what he's doing, these terrible things aren't happening, and when he isn't, the bad things happen, it makes, it builds Talos as this, he isn't a bad guy, he's just, they're making him do bad things. They find the files, I would have her have a few memory flashes when she gets to the files, maybe have them, maybe have one of the memories she recovers, her getting in, like her being the picture that she saw. I don't know if you noticed this, but when they show it on the side of Maria's plane, it's, her nickname is Photon. Yeah. Which is, it's a reference to, to Monica Rambeau. Yeah. I loved that, and I know that that pops up in WandaVision, when they show the picture of yeah. Maria Rambeau at S.W.O.R.D., but it's also on the plane. And I just think that's cool. We get a conversation between Jan Rog and Ronan. Yes. Where Ronan... No, this again. Ronan finds out that... They haven't heard it yet. I know. Ronan finds out that the Skrulls are on planet C-53, Earth. And Ronan just wants to destroy Earth. He just wants to send the Hugers in and bomb it. Yeah. And Jan Rog just doesn't want to. And I don't understand that. Because we sh Jan Rog is shown to not really care about Carol or care about... She is, like, an important asset. She's imbued with that power yeah but like the only reason why they want her on their side is so that way that power can't be used against them if she's dead it doesn't matter yeah but if they can control her and keep her on their side then that's a huge weapon they can use it's just if the way that he plays it off and I would I would put this down to the writing not to Jude Law's acting but it just feels like that it's trying to get sympathy for him in some way but your change is to not have that conversation it's at all. It's just to drop that whole scene, yeah. But why not just rework the conversation to where 
you make it sound like more like they want to protect their asset than him just not caring. I mean, like, they just straight up try to kill her later, so... Well, yeah, because she's figured everything out. Yeah, but, like, when like when she's talking to the Supreme Intelligence, the Supreme Intelligence is just like, you're going to die. When the, instead of trying to brainwash her, right? Like, no one tries to convince her back. Like, you could do that. You could make that scene to where they see her as a commodity, which I think works. Yeah, but the Creed just aren't like that. Yeah, it, the like, Creed just don't care. Yeah, that's why I would, I would just drop that scene entirely. Okay, yeah, you're just right. drop the scene entirely. Don't try to mix this up with anything. Like, we kind of know by this point that things aren't right. And just take it away. When she gets to that house, when she gets to the Rambo's house, she should be flashback city. Like, seeing her old friend again, seeing Lieutenant Trouble again. There shouldn't be, like, she shouldn't see these photos and then have it. She should be having it right there. Also, Monica Rambo needs to be a bit older. She's like six in her flashbacks and she's like 10 in present day. It's a six-year time gap. Not a big thing. Even if it's just saying a line that establishes her ages. That's enough. Like, she looked okay. 10 to me. She could have been 12, but she looked 10 and no one said anything. A little nitpicky, but okay. It's a little nitpicky, but again, it's like, it's just another case of the movie expecting you to figure it out when it can yeah. just tell you. Okay. We don't need a paragraph of exposition telling you this. It can just be a line. She can talk about how her 12th birthday was last week. Okay. Like, kids say weird things. Just flashback city. Have her doing all the flashbacks. Have her not totally remember, but have enough. To yeah. be like, I do know these people. They're my friends. Mm-hmm. Maria gives the exposition of what happened that day. Mm-hmm. Talos comes up. I'll change a fucking thing about Talos after this Love point. Talos. He's great. He doesn't need to be changed. He gives the perfect amount of exposition, the perfect amount of comedy, the perfect amount of drama. Him having his like comrade out impersonating Maria to keep the kid out of there. First of all, that's brilliant. And they didn't appreciate the fact that Talos did that. And again, I think you add a line or two, because I read into this, I think, correctly, but you might not. Rital is just like, I didn't know how you would react. There's no reason why the kid needs to get mixed up in this. Like, yeah. And again, I read it that way. It might be hard to read it that way. Give him a line or two where he says it. Sometimes the problem with exposition is sometimes you need to give this whole speech about exposition. You don't need to do that sometimes. Sometimes it's just a line, just a yeah. line of this is what happens. That's all you need to do. Okay. Again, you don't need to change much about this. He has a CD with the black box recording. That's the full convinced. Talos is just like, we're just trying to get away. Again, a lot of this is just tweaking to tighten up these characters and tighten up this story. Because the story isn't inherently bad. Which is, is, this movie is just a few little yeah. minor changes to making it one of the better movies in the Yeah, because there's a couple things that it's a contradiction or someone's doing something we don't know what it is and we never get paid off for it. Like, again, like that scene where it looks like Jan Rog cares about Cap- about Carol, it never gets paid off. Yeah. At no point, like, he does, tries to do some deception later, but, like, you never believe that he actually cares about Carol, so what's the point of... Yeah. He, he Like, he clearly doesn't care about C-53, like, it doesn't maybe have him want the plans for the lightspeed engine if you want to do that, like, but he never shows this. Yeah. He gives Carol exposition about Marvell. I can take or leave it, because he lies to her. He clearly lies to her, and... Again, that's fine. You can leave that stuff in there. As long as you tweak up that you are clear that Jan Rog is going to be lying to her this whole time and has been since the beginning, he can tell her that that was Marvell. And I should have seen it coming that she was Marvell because she has literally the same first initial and last name as Marvell in the comics. I'd also keep that. I don't mind Marvell being female. I don't mind. Yeah, that's all fine. Like, because again, she doesn't have, she has an impact on the story. But there, we're not having like a Marvel movie where she's flying around being Captain Marvel. I do want to. I don't like this movie that much, but I do want to give 
credit. I should have said this in the beginning, uh-huh. but I just it just uh-huh. now hit me. The way they do the supreme intelligence. Yes. It, obviously, it is not the way it's done in the comics, but I think it is perfect. Yes. That was so good because I don't really think you can do the way they do it in the comics in movie form and it not look absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Like if it were that way, I think it ruins. Like, I know we're already expanding reality, right? Our belief in reality. But that would have just been too much. Because he almost looks like a lava lamp face. The Supreme Intelligence does. But that's... I I like to give credit to this movie. I love the way they do the Supreme Intelligence. I like how they did that. Again, it gave an excuse to give... Because they got a high-profile actress for Marvel. Yeah, they they? did. So it gives her full screen time instead of just a few Marvel scenes. Yeah. I feel like I should know who it is and I don't often. Yeah, I have no idea. You're talking of Annette Benning. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it gets her in the movie more. And it was just, like, tightening that stuff up. And again, like, your third act isn't terrible. Them tweaking the spaceship, finding the thing, having the reveal. Again, changing that conversation to Carol saying, I thought the Skrulls were bad, and Talos being like, yeah, most of them are. We're tired of this war. We're tired of running. We're tired of being these imposters. We're not bad people. The Skrull, All the Skrulls aren't bad people. But yes, there are a lot of dirty... like. Because I think that story is a lot more interesting to tell. Yeah. Is that some of us are bad and some of us aren't. Because I also think that when you have Carol still kind of self-identifying as a Kree, you give her the kind of care. You give her that character motivation of she is Kree, but she doesn't have to be Kree, if yeah. that makes sense. Yep. Just like how Talos is Skrull, but he's not being Skrull. It tightens that up fully. And then, yep, Tesseract, they call it, she calls it the Tesseract, grabs it. I think they're smart with how they handle it, because I don't know if you remember this about the Tesseract thing. Earlier on when the Tesseract appears, no one can fucking touch that thing, unless you're, like, super powerful. And we know that Carol is. You want to have those story elements in place from before, it's fine. Yeah. And the fight stays the same. Carol is still held back a bit because of the thing on her neck. You do the thing, the entire lunchbox kind of thing is cool, where she takes the Tesseract out, Goose takes the Tesseract, and they she kind of plays chicken with it, of just like, oh, I got it right here, because they never see it taken out until it's knocked out. It's clever. It is clever. They take her back to the Supreme Intelligence. Only thing I would change to the scene is I would add one line. It can all stay the same. When she picks her up, and she throws her through the thing, and it starts giving her these memory flashes, have her say, maybe I need to show you who you were born as. Just the, just the like, now it's time for you to remember. I was say, the acknowledgement of acknowledgement her getting her of This back. is giving her her memories back. Because again, I think that scene is good. It's great. Yeah. The Supreme Intelligence showing her all the times where she's failed and fallen down. Her humanity responding with all the times she then got the fuck back up. Yeah. Is a statement for humanity. And I love that in these movies. So are you changing anything after that point? I'm going to say, as long I don't as you think f- I would. I think the as long as you follow the that. trends and the tweaks that I've set up. Already. You don't have to. As long as you follow the precedent you already gave in the... Pr- yes. The, yeah, then the rest of the movie. Yeah, fine. you don't have to because the characters are still going to do what they do, yeah. but it now has either different or more context. It just has a better it. explanation. Yeah. Yeah. It's not... Yon Rog... literally just fleshed out the movie for yeah. me. Yeah. Yon yeah. Rog is a sleazy, manipulative liar. Yep. Yeah. He's not going to take care of Lon because he know he can't, so he's going to put it away. I would add just... I would add a bit more explanation to this. This is a personal thing just because... So, I assume you don't know how Captain Marvel's comic powers work. It's kind of like she takes in energy and then she can output the... She's basically an energy converter. Yeah, I actually, no, I did know that. So I would 
make some changes because I think this also fixes another problem people have with Captain Marvel in the MCU is that they call it the Superman issue, which is just she's too ultra powerful. I would say that that's her power set. Have the supreme intelligence say that the chip on her neck has been feeding her power and without that you got nothing and then when she breaks it and you find out that in fact it was sapping power it wasn't just giving her power it was sapping it too when she got to a thing it blows up giving her a boost of power that moment where she glows and cuts off which is cool yep and then you have that I would have her you could just do some cool moments with her after that you know how like the accusers come up and they go to bomb I'd yep. have her eat one of those Okay, yeah, I bet. Just, like, not all of them, because I think her turning one around and throwing it is cool, but when she goes up and just fucking wrecks one, I need her to eat the power of one of those, and then just go and do it, because I think this does a couple of things. Number one, you set a precedent for future movies that now she can run out of power, and we also, it's easy to give her more, and it just, it balances that. It gives her cool. a balancing act that she hasn't shown yet, because at least Superman has kryptonite. Yeah. We don't have that for her, and it just gives her that. And then you don't have to skimp on cool scenes for her later on in movies. She yeah. can still come through and fuck the ship in Endgame. Just have her take some of those blaster bolts. Like, and she can just take a power stone to the face. Imagine that. Gosh, that was rough. Yeah. Because you set up that this is how her power set works and that she was given these powers from an Infinity Stone, like mm -hmm. maybe manipulating her genetic makeup or something. Yeah, sure. She can take that hit from the power stone and now, holy shit, what's she going to do? Yeah. It just gives you a precedent and I think that makes it work. Oh, yeah. At no point in this movie should Nick Fury get his eye gouged out by a cat. We have a really cool moment in The Winter Soldier when he says, the last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye. I'm saying the thing right now that in absolutely none of my MCU rewrites, or if any MCU movies that I do any rights for, Nick Fury, we will never show him losing that eye. The mystery of him losing the eye is cool. Yeah. And when you explain it, it's never going to be as good as you want it to be. We don't need to explain it. Goose doesn't need to scratch him. Okay. It seemed like it was a moment that they just threw in to explain it. And, for a laugh, even. Yeah, like, we don't need to explain it. It can be a mystery. Characters like Nick Fury are cool because they have an yeah, I don't know why they threw in uh, just let's get a laugh at the expense of one of our best characters. Yeah. Yeah. I Especially Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. As an actor. Mr. Yeah, literally Mr. Badass. Yeah. Like, like, we don't need to say it. So is that your change or you have a different change? Uh, there's another little change okay. at the end. I would change the name on Carol's ship to Carol Warbird Danvers. The other name she has in the in the comics is binary you could do either of those I think Warbird sounds more cool and fits the aesthetic more yeah uh, I just think it's cool as for the Avengers name wouldn't it be nice if Coulson coined it like come on say they're in the room and Nick Fury is just being like well we need protectors we need a response team for some of it and Coulson would just be like yeah but what if it doesn't work and and uh, Fury's just like well then we'll call her to beat it and Coulson just be like I think she'd have to avenge it I just love the idea of Coulson being the one who coined this phrase as well. Yeah, I'm down with Col Coulson doing it. You just have to figure out the line that he yeah. has to say. I, I don't think the line that I came up with is, is great, but I think the point of having someone like Coulson in this movie is to give him more backstory. Yeah. And I think that when you have his movie arc being that he not only created the team in this sense, in the sense of he died to bring them together, but created it in that he actually coined the name, it just it feels nice. And that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying yes. to make it feel nice. <laughs> okay. That's all I really have for it. There might be a few moments here that I forgot that I wrote down that I didn't write so down. But, but it was uh, that was a very good, very yeah. good job. Because the movie, the movie isn't inherently bad. It just, no. it doesn't tell you what it's doing sometimes, and the characters can be a bit wonky. It just needs to be tightened up and tweaked here or there. And I think the actors do a good job. Yeah. Like I don't think anyone misacts in this movie. So now to a movie where 
It is the exact opposite, and it is just objectively bad. <laughs> Don't you mean the greatest Marvel movie okay, ever? Yeah, no, we're not. I'm not even gonna make that joke. <laughs> I was, gave myself the task of rewriting the Incredible Hulk. Now I've never seen this movie. Yeah. You don't have to recap it for me, but if you want to. I'm, I'm not going to, because there's really, it, in the grand scheme of things, really nothing happens. Okay. Bruce Banner is the Hulk, Emil Blonsky becomes Abomination, and we get a teaser of the leader. Yeah. Th- that's about anything that's important that happens in this movie. Yep. Now, what I came to the realization of is that Hulk has no good villains that would work I feel like in the MCU that well on their own and I think that's kind of why we got the little teasers of what we got and they haven't like come up to anything yeah I'm sticking with that he's gonna fight Abomination because I was thinking about doing the first Hulk film where he kind of just fights the government and then he fights with the spirit of his dad I guess but that movie is just it's been a long time since I've watched yeah and it's just not good May I point something out that I've seen like with what? Hulk villains? Like with Hulk, because he's fucking strong, because he's just this dude, I feel like having the one thing to fight like Abomination or just Red Hulk or just the leader, like you don't just have one of them. That's usually a team of people that he would go up. Like wouldn't you think? I, I, I feel I like it know. would be just, underwhelming as well. The Hulk thing. is never objectively a hero in everybody's eyes. In most of these Marvel films, at least somebody sees him as the hero. Most of the time, it's the Hulk is kind of just a menace to society. Before he becomes a part of the Avengers, he's not. nobody is really pro-Hulk. And if he is, even it is like, very rare. And even for the sake of it, in the very first Avengers comic, they fight Hulk. Yeah. It's about, like, them making Hulk get control of him. So. I was gonna say, yeah. it would be a really cool concept of a movie to have everybody fall into place, and then the last movie be the Hulk movie, where it becomes the Avengers fighting the Hulk, like, until he finally it's, joins or Hulk something. Under, like, Loki's manipulation or something. I, 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 oh, okay. didn't, I want Hulk to be the... I need Hulk to be the hero, in a, in a way, and it's, it's a really hard movie to do. Because if you don't dive into the multiple personalities and stuff like that hulk is a thing where like in a movie that you have to know a lot about the hulk and if you try to do that it i genuinely just think it's not going to be a very interesting movie do you no, think, it wouldn't have done well is what i'm saying do you think this movie suffers from being too early beginning it's yeah it was definitely it sucks because it's too early but i i think i found a way to make it interesting enough and not suck the first change is we just don't have edward norton I'm just going to start Ruffalo. Uh, sorry, Edward Norton. Yeah. We love you, but... I do. I really think Edward Norton's good. I I don't know the story behind him try, uh, getting canned. I guess it's because the movie to bed. But... Uh, I, th- I think it was some other personal differences between uh, the directors. I think it also might have been like budget. Yeah. But mm. I'm, for like bringing him on for Avengers, this happens with actors. So Ruffalo is going to be my Hulk. And that's just for the sake of... Yeah, and, and this is synchronization. like... Uh, this isn't like Zach's where it's tweaks and changes and little bits and bobs. I, Bobby, you've seen the Hulk, right? Yes. I'm. You gotta scrap the whole thing. You do because yeah. nothing the, that happens. Sorry, I'll, I'll let you do it. It's your pitch. The the one thing I really like about the movie mm-hmm. is the Stan Lee cameo. 
<laughs> do you know? Do you know that? Doesn't he like drink a soda that has a drop of his radiated <laughs> his blood, blood in it? Yeah. yeah. Somehow. <laughs> so that is funny. I wish I could figure out a way to make that stay, but I I don't. Basically, it's gonna start. I don't I don't want to do the origin where he's testing the bomb and he gets hit with the radiation. I just want it to be Ruffalo, kind of on the run, but not on the run. More of just like a nomad. Put him, whether we're back in South America like we were or put us in Europe, wherever we want to be. Yeah. Nomad, he's moving around. And I want it to start off with the opening scene. We get like a, um, a montage of him moving across, okay. whether it be set, like from South America to Europe or whatever. Him and, already as the Hulk or him just as Bruce oh, no, Banner? No, he's already the Hulk at this point. Okay, he's cool. on the run. That's why he's a nomad. Oh, he okay, can't sorry. stay in one place because they're hunting. Them. The thing about I'll the Hulk up. is that... He kind of has an origin that is both important and unimportant. Like, yeah. you don't need to see the event happen because yeah. we know enough about the Hulk that you know that he gets mad and he turns green. Yeah. And you don't really need to know anything else. I was like, it's the exact opposite problem that his movie yeah. had. His movie, you needed to know more. With the Hulk, I would say basically people know that the Hulk is green, gets mad, and he got it from... Whether... You just know he got that from whatever. Yeah. yeah. You don't need to know that it he was... He wasn't born with it, like or he would have control of it by now. No. no. Like, if he gets mad, he get, just like Edward Norton with his heartbeat monitor in the movie, if he gets angry, he gets upset. I'm not starting this off, like, at the end where he starts learning to control it. Yeah, I'm not starting at the, Tony, I'll tell you my secret, I'm always angry. We're not at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. This is still, if I get mad, I'm going... Like, we're probably going to have a Hulk rampage in this movie. Oh, what you're saying. 100%. <laughs> it's got to happen. Hulk rampage. Yeah, we're going to have a Hulk rampage. Why'd you come to see the movie? <laughs> It's going to start, give us a montage of him traveling the countryside. And then we go ahead, we cut. It says, however long in the future, you want to make it six years, five years, four years, whatever. He settled down with this family. Let's say, I'm going to put him in the middle of Europe. Settled down with this these people in Turkey, this family in Turkey. He has what you assume to be a wife. Doesn't have kids, but he has a house. He has it, whether he have a calendar or whatever. Day, I'm gonna tell her that I'm the Hulk and what okay. happens, and really explain because he doesn't hasn't really told her why. Like she doesn't know much about her about his past. Give us those flavor lines. Like you don't really. Wh- am I ever gonna meet your parents? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, well, my dad. Make that his dad's already passed away. Same thing with his mom because his mom already died. His dad's already passed away. I don't really have family. Well, you know, you don't talk much about your past. He's like, ah, it's it's a long story. Blah blah. Day he goes to come find it out. And then he's waiting for her to come back home from work. And he notices she's not coming back. And he's sitting there and he's like, what, what is, where is she at? He tries calling her. She doesn't pick up. He starts looking around. He's like, well, let me go and see what's going on. He opens the door and his wife's out front. He's like, babe, what's wrong? Why are you so late? And she just is like, Bruce, run. Say what? And then we see the red dots come up. The military's found him. Oh fuck, that's cool. Yeah. So the military's found <laughs> that's, him. That's a good start. He doesn't ever get to tell the tell his wife or whatever. So he just starts taking off. Obviously, she doesn't know why, or maybe she does. Maybe they brief her, or whatever it is. Maybe she. You even do it. I I couldn't decide what I wanted to do. If I wanted to do it to that, she still loves him and just is like, go run. Like this is a setup. You need to go or. She finds out that he's the Hulk and she rats him out. Which I think you can do if it's like 
imagine your spouse is a most wanted list kind of person and they don't tell you. You could feel betrayed from that. Either way you want to do that, I like I personally like the I care about you and I know that I know what you are. You got to go. I think it changes if you do the she rats him out to the police, change the line to I'm sorry. Yeah. But I yeah, think yeah, yeah. that's it. Just change the line to I'm sorry, Bruce. Yeah. But I had to do this. If she's ratting her out or if she figures out or if they brief her and they're coming, then you make it wrong. Yeah. I think that's just, that's all you Whether, have to do. Which part, both of those are changes that line. Yeah. They're both interesting. Just change the line. So he takes off, whatever. He's going. He's trying to get away. They still have the wife with him. He finally gets to, say, a shipyard and they're like, Bruce, you can't go anywhere. Don't, and don't bring him out. They're trying to talk him down. He's like, I'm not going in with you. I. This isn't my fault. I'm it, trying to, like, I've I'm haven't done this in so long. I'm sorry. It, it's, it's not been X amount yeah. of years since my last accident. Yeah. And then we finally pan, and it's we see it's Ross. It's got to be Ross. Thaddeus Ross. Of course. Who else? And I'll, and you ask who else? It's got Blonsky with him. Blonsky is the one that's okay. that was with the wife. This is the one that caught the wife and like, and we know this is what I want to establish with Ross, that Ross has a vendetta and absolutely hates Bruce. He wants the Hulk down. So, and I know this is one of the first films and they haven't really done this yet. They blast the wife in the head, kill the wife right in front of him, make Ross tell Blonsky, do it. And then he blows her head off. Do like the... Show Blonsky with the gun, have him say, then shift to Bruce, hear the gunshot, and then like maybe see her body drop or something. But I want see her body drop in his eyes. Get that. that If you can set that shot up, because you can, you do. And now you do that, then you have the green tinge come over the eyes. Yeah. So wait, wait, wait. But Ross, before he said, it's like I know you haven't had an episode, but you will now. It's like. You want to set him up as a full bastard. Yes, he, Dude, that is to fucked. Be an absolute villain. I'm not saying I dislike what he is in the MCU now. He's fine. But I want him to be a full-blown piece of garbage. We get Ross. He does that. Hulk starts hulking out, throwing stuff, whatever. They're going off. Obviously, they can't control him because you can never <laughs> control the Hulk. He gets away. Not only can you not control the Hulk, but of course, but, the angrier he gets, stronger he gets, and you just pissed him the fuck off. This is what I you want. Just... The Hulk gets, he gets to Ross and Blonsky, and he's about to, and he doesn't take him out. I want to show that Bruce has just that little bit of, I cannot prove them right. Even though this is going to make me look bad, I need to know to myself that I'm not this monster. So Bruce keeps him from killing Ross and Blonsky, and they take off. Yeah, we're in, not them. Hulk takes off. Well, them. We, <laughs> kind of. We then get Ross and Blonsky come back. This effectively eliminates the I kick Blonsky into a tree scene in the original. What happened? Do you know, have you seen the clip? No, I haven't seen it. So, well, I, but you've never seen the clip? No. Blonsky kind of, they get Hulk at a college. He busts out from the tube. They tried to put him sleeping gas. And Blonsky just walks up to the Hulk and the Hulk just kicks him and he goes into <laughs> it and he hits a tree and he's all tore up. Then they give him... Uh, some serum or something. I don't. I can't remember what they do in the original movie, but they give him something and he heals really fast. Well, the original attempts for the the explanation was that they were trying to recreate the super soldier serum. Yeah, that's what I, I remember that from the yeah. first. Think movie. they they gave him a serum and he come and he's healed. And I only know that because they give you that exposition in the Avengers. Like, yeah, they get they give him the serum and he's healed. It effectively like, eliminates that. 
and then you can still do the serum if you want because that makes sense he's all tore up they give him the serum he's back we just have hulk traveling across and he somehow there was somebody that contacts him and says i have the video footage of ross and blonsky setting you up and killing your wife we can expose them but you need to meet me here it's the leader it's the guy who plays the leader oh okay, we keep oh, him. okay never mind we keep him he can be <laughs> were you about to think what i was about to think what are you about to think like make it a shield agent like it could be Hulk i was gonna say black widow <laughs> but the leader's better but i'm, I'm keeping the leader yeah okay because I, you need, I think we need this. Yeah, yeah. So we keep the leader. He does that. He comes and meets him. And he's like, I understand that even if we release this, I'm st I've still done what I've done. And he goes through the thing where he tries to get rid of the Hulk again. Okay. Just like he does in the movie, he's trying to get rid of the Hulk. They do the procedure to attempt to get rid of the Hulk. They're there. They get tracked down. At the same time... I've argued with myself if I want Betty Ross to be in the movie. Because I don't know if Betty Ross really adds anything. I'm not going to have Betty Ross in the film. But I will talk later how she is going to affect the landscape. I think you can get away with it. Because isn't like Betty Ross's main thing is she's his love interest? Yes. And you just have this wife in the beginning, alright? So I don't yeah, think so you Yeah, we to. don't... But imagine being a dude that's been a nomad for six years. And you, you're old wife is the daughter of the guy who's trying to kill you yeah. like eventually you're like I'm never going to be able to be with her I don't want to be sad forever yeah. you could explain yeah. it that way I'm not going to I'm yeah. just not going to no, have Betty Ross you're good I think it's a smart call also I'm going to my thing is I'm going to have Betty Ross later so we can avoid the Black Widow Hulk love thing they try to do in these movies that I makes no sense to me so I don't mind them you know I don't if like you them. follow up with them I don't like them yeah, because they don't because they don't yeah, follow up like I'm not, they had it in for I'm a making, movie I'm making it undoable yeah so like if you do it do it if you're not don't so the Hulk goes to the leader he's like we gotta figure out how to get I need the Hulk to be done I need him gone can you figure out something whatever because he knows he's a scientist at this point and he's, they, he shows him the file they have it like, we'll go public with it but let's get this down and S somehow, for some reason, it was something stupid. You're talking about Hulk, right? Um, happens in mm, the time. Yeah. I don't remember. I haven't seen it in such a long time. Yeah, like I, they do something stupid and they find him. We can make it something sick, like Ross uses one of the satellites, and I don't know, do some super science stuff. Science, science, science. Yeah, science, science, science. It's they fine. found a way to find him. Blonsky is back up and ready to go. So they send in Blonsky by himself, and they say, "Keep him as Banner, inject this into him, and let's and bring him in." Blonsky goes in, and at this point, Blonsky's already drunk with the power of the serum. So he's like, "This feels good. I love this. I want to go toe to toe." So he goes in. He's not. He's has some of the serum in, but he's not yeah. full abomination yet. Yeah, no, we're getting there. Okay. So he goes in, and he sees, they're testing with him, and he sees the vials of blood that they've been testing with. And they get um, they get Bruce out of there. Bruce walks away, goes to go do something. He walks in on the leader. He's like, pulls the gun on him. He's like, I need you to help me with something. And he's like, and if not, I'll kill you. Just, however you want to make it intimidating, whatever intimidating line you want to use. Yeah. He forces him to inject him with Bruce's blood to make him abomination. 
Never which is not his plan. He just wants to have. He's like, if yeah. this is what the serum feels like, imagine what being the Hulk feels like. Yeah. Like I want to try to power breeds. What is it? what 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 is the famous quote? Power from? breeds corruption. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So I want Blonsky to kind of be that. That's what I want Abomination to be. If we're going to give him anything, okay. just the desire to be powerful. The desire after getting because you got to remember Blonsky's like an elite level soldier. He's one of the top yeah. tiers. And then to be embarrassed the way he is in the beginning of the movie, it's like an absolute, it's kind of a John Walker type of deal. Yeah. I was just trying to like, think of, I feel they're like not even, they're not even super soldiers. Like, it's yeah. the same type of thing, but he's like, well, I'll meet him there then. I'll go about it however I want. Yeah. And then he, this is how, this is how I do the abomination reveal instead of the horrible way they do it in the movie. Bruce goes out, he does his thing. The leader does his work on him and gets them all jacked up. And just when Bruce comes back in, after he's like, all right, you want to get to work? And the leader's just kind of standing there. It's like, what's wrong? <laughs> and the, le- the leader just stands there. And he's like, you might want to let your friend out. And he's like, why? And we just get the real quick... And Blonsky looks like traditional abomination with the fin ears. Not Give the horrible thing they made him look like in the movie, but traditional abomination. Yeah. It's a comic book movie, people. It can be a bit silly. Yeah. And abomination just from like behind just has some huge like medical equipment or whatever. And he's like, nice to see you again. And he throws it at Bruce and Bruce goes out the wall. <laughs> and then we, and this, this helps us where if, it solidifies the thing of if you hit Bruce, the Hulk manifests automatically. If you hit if Bruce, Bruce with enough go- force yes. to injure him. If Bruce is going to Hulk die, the Hulk will manifest. I need these little intricacies of the Hulk comics yeah. to be more shown. Yeah, not just that the Hulk manifests if he gets angry. I want it to be if Bruce yeah. is in danger, the Hulk won't let him die. Which is that's, well, that's how it is. is. Yeah, that's even more than just early. an immortal Hulk thing. That's been a thing always. Yeah. And the movies always are just like, well, if he's angry, he can do it. That's what that's what you're saying earlier. It's just like showing these things yeah. that these characters can do. That's what I want. Well, the Hulk manifest. They have their knuckle drag out fight, right? Blonsky's obviously going off the rails. Of course. Ross now has a public incident on his hands because Ross is a public figure, yeah. like he always is. So he has to control the situation. So Ross sees that Blonsky doesn't care, and Blonsky is going out of his way to terrorize people. The Hulk is trying to save this. This is where we get the uplift to Hulk making his way into the Avengers where we see okay. Hulk saving innocence what the movies didn't do is paint Hulk is a villain to civilians and they okay. don't really show that to us and really make it obvious until Wanda gets in his head in Ultron if yeah. we do yeah. that here where he is started he is a villain then but he's not really a villain you understand yeah. what I'm trying he to say he just has better morals than the people that he's There's fighting a, yeah. He yeah. he's really, a monster without control yeah and we show him doing good, it puts him up on that thing and it lets us get him into the Avengers. Yeah. It you gives... can still have the things in the Avengers where like, well, this is a, the when the lockbox, the thing they put Loki in is for Hulk. Yeah. They can have those little chirps at him. Cause it's fine. Like, but because you always should. Because it's like, yeah. there's really always precautions. Yeah. That's what? why they've, there's always precautions. You have yeah, the Hulk have buster armor. The Hulk. But give a reason why Fury's watching yeah. him as a potential candidate. Yeah. Yeah. So Ross has to take on... Uh, has to make the horrible decision and you have we make it really bad 
the anguish in his face, the anger that he's like, Blonsky, you screwed me. And he's has to fight against Blonsky because he can't make it evident that he's just going after the Hulk mm-hmm. if Blonsky's the one that's doing horrible. Because that's yeah. a PR nightmare. Because mm-hmm. we have to we have to keep it obvious that not Ross hates him, but Ross has to keep a good public image. Because he does. So we get they have their fight, we get the Hulk smash, we get the Hulk clap. You gotta get the, the thunderclap. Yeah, the, you gotta yeah. get the thunderclap, you gotta get his signature moves, stuff like that. They have their fight. I wanna have the one obviously always when there's a big Big dudes fighting each other. You get the one where they, they meet their fists. They have that test. Like yeah. The WWE test the strength or whatever. We get that stuff. You can have Abomination be more than just savagely beating him. Because and he... being more intricate with what he does. And mm-hmm. then we get it to the, eventually to the point to where the Hulk just overpowers him from being so angry. From being... We can show that the, the Hulk from the beginning of the fight to the end has this huge power jump where he should. In the fight in the movie, it doesn't feel that way. It only... It's more of a emotional beat because uh, Betty Ross is in danger. Yeah. It doesn't feel like he got angry and got sh- is getting stronger. It's like, I need to save Betty. And they mishandle that. What so like? we, t- we take that and we change that into, we slowly see over the fight, he gets angrier and angrier because you you see him, Blonsky not caring about the innocent. That we get the Blonsky Hulk. can talk as the abomination, right? Oh, yeah. So you could throw in lines. Oh like, yeah, obviously. It's I'm gonna send you back talking, to your wife and like stuff like yeah. that. Like you could get into. His that's head. what. That's what. Yeah, that was the line I wanted. I don't have my paper, so I don't remember. It's that's the line that he says when he throws the thing at him. Say hi, say hello to your wife for me when he throws the thing at him. Yeah, and oh, that's man. what he says to him. I just I, I want to make sure that the fight between Thanos and Hulk is different from the one between Abomination and Hulk. What do you mean? Okay, so the fight with between Thanos and Hulk. I know, but Thanos th- yeah, no, Thanos just tears him up. Well, because it makes <laughs> because, because he outsmarts him. But I no, Blonsky just is he's a soldier, so he shows that he is yeah. technically a better fighter. That's all Abomination yeah. oh, is. Oh, okay. Abomination is just a better fighter than Hulk, but Hulk just has balanced potential. He's a Hulk with training. Yeah, so that's what I want to gotcha. get to, and I want to see the frustration of Blonsky when he finally realizes like why is he still stronger than me? Because then you still get that inner quarrel of like. Even though you have all this power, you're still not yep. him. And it tears him up. And then it causes him to go super crazy, leaves the Hulk an opening, and the Hulk just obliterates him. Leaves him alive. Because we're not killing villains. And I want Abomination to come back because he could be useful for another big brain. Big brain. Emphasis. Sequels. Because we're actually getting a sequel because this movie will be good. So That's not why it didn't get a sequel. Well, it wasn't good. It didn't get a sequel. I mean, that didn't help, yeah. his, didn't help his chances. If the, if Incredible Hulk did as, was as good as Foot Iron Man, it was getting a sequel. If maybe if Disney wanted to do a Hulk movie, they would. Oh yeah, they do have all the licensing problems. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's okay. part of the reason too. Yeah. I feel like they would have attempted one by this point yeah. because of how popular the Hulk got. He gets that, and it still comes to the bitter end of the movie where Ross kind of sees him, and it's still out in public, and he's like, "I can't arrest you right now, but go, but I will still be there," and then the Hulk jumps away. And I want to do the classic, the TV show, the music. Do you guys know the ending to every Incredible Hulk TV, TV show? I don't, but I get no. what you're saying. Yeah. I love bringing oh, okay, out. Okay, okay, he okay. does the hitchhiking. I want to do, an, uh, not the exact track, make it different, do a remix of it. But I want to do Bruce Banner hitchhiking just like at the end of the shows. Now, this is very important. I'm changing the after credit scene from Thunderbolt Ross being drunk and... Sam Jackson approaching him. I thought it was Tony. 
whatever, whoever it is, it is Stark. It is. Appears it was in Stark. Movie. So, what I uh, I want it to be Ross going in. The leader is there. I didn't mention it, but I want to do the same type of thing, where we show the leader whether he got the blood dripped on him, he had a cut, whatever. He also now has gamma radiation in him. We could say that on the side while he was trying to help Bruce. Oh, he the whole time he was injecting himself, working on his own brain, trying to figure out a way. The leader really wasn't good the whole time. I want it to be that yeah. obviously he was corrupt. Yeah. And I he was trying to, to use it for himself. He, he that Thunderbolt Ross went in, he arrested the leader. And the leader's head is starting to we can see the diff we can see the veins. Yeah. You don't have to do the ridiculous big head that they did in the film. Oh, you I can show that. the veins, you can show the green kind of tint in his blood. Yeah. And Ross takes him and they throw him in the back of the van, they lock him up, and he's kind of just sitting there. And he said, Why am I being arrested? And it's like abetting a fugitive or whatever it is. And then in comes Ross, opens up the back, he's like, What do you want? He's like, I think me and you have to have a very long conversation. It's like, what for? He's like, I think you may be able to help me take care of a little bit of a problem. And then it cuts. This is when yeah. I want this movie effectively changes MCU things. It changes Civil War. I'm not sending Hulk, and I guess, I guess Age of Ultron. I'm not sending Hulk off world. I'm keeping Hulk. Hulk is going to be a part of Civil War. We're already not doing Civil War to the T from the comics, so I'm keeping Hulk on world. Yeah. And I'm making Hulk obviously Team Cap. And then... Oh. When he gets Hulk, Thunderbolt Ross, not only is he he's the Secretary of Defense at this point, yeah. comes up, he shows up to the airport with... Iron Man. He pulls up in an, he pulls up in an army jeep, and he's like, Tony... I gave you your time and you haven't brought him in. He's seeing red. I gotta do it myself. And he, whoa, he just hulks out and he goes red Hulk. Ooh. And then we get Hulk. It, because if Hulk's there, really the only person that could probably go toe-to-toe with Hulk in this scene is probably Vision. But Vision's gonna deal with Wanda. Yeah, yeah. they're gonna have so that parody. So we finally we get Hulk to go up against Red Hulk and we just get that drag out knuckle. Fight, boy. Would, would you then, take people out of the fight, or would you just add them in? I just add them in. Yeah. Add them in. Whether it be, because Banner would probably be living at the house at that point. Yeah. Throughout the movies, you see that struggle with Banner being able to be there. Yeah, because that adds a dynamic to like. You could add him to saving Tony. Wanda. Okay. Because where Wanda is locked up in the house, make have Bruce also be locked up in the house because they're both. Wanda just did her thing in Wakanda, and Bruce is always. He's the Hulk. Yeah. yeah. He's. You can do that. Have Barton come in Lagos. and get them both out. What? Mm-hmm. It's Lagos, not Wakanda. It is Lagos, Lagos. My bad. That's when we get Ross. You can see what he was working on with the leader was a Hulk, a Hulk serum or whatever it be. Yeah. And he the made Red him Hulk. into the Red Hulk. And we get the Red Hulk because Thunderbolt Ross is a villain and should be there. And fuck it. The Red Hulk is cool. Red Hulk is sick. He just is. He is. And I think that... I think that fixes that movie. I think it makes that movie really good. You've definitely put an interesting, I'm going to say screenplay. You've definitely put an interesting screenplay in front of us. Like Yeah, I, I oh. Like, I kind of want to see it now. I want to see something done with it. Yeah, but I, you have to keep the leader. Just keep the leader around for him to do things. He doesn't have to be a full-blown villain, but he definitely is not a hero. 
Yeah. And I think the leader can be around. It doesn't have to be that guy they pick. You can pick somebody different. And it makes sense for Ross. Yeah, I would pick... Um, it just does. I'd pick the guy who plays Sinestro in Green Lantern. Because Sinestro... Ooh. If you look, Sinestro and leader kind of look similar. They do. Okay. And you could just take him and just make him green. Okay. Or you... Like, however you want to make the leader... The leader has to glow green. Everybody with gamma radiation other than... Thunderbolt Betty Ross. Ross and oh. Thunderbolt Ross mm-hmm. glow green. Is there stuff Have gamma green. too? Hey, I I'm not gonna speak okay. on it because I'm not I'm not 100 actually. A, a different thought for the MCU, but still Hulk related. So now that he is, um, you the, have to figure out a way to do he's Ra- the, uh, Thor yeah. Ragnarok without Hulk. You do. Yeah, but because no. I think I genuinely I think at this point if that works, yeah, they'll be more aggressive about getting him films. You could do after Civil War. Could, he doesn't go with Cap, and that you can still have Iron Man and him have his whole thing. Then instead of him being locked up in the raft, you could extradite him and send him into space. You could li- because at that point the the super yeah. world is fractured. You could send Hulk and just be like, he is too dangerous, and we cannot trust him. If you wanted to put him in Ragnarok, or if he's popular enough to sort out movie rights and do a Planet Hulk. What's the person? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, that, yeah. Then you could send him up in space and you could have what, Planet Hulk. What's the guy from Thor that you want to see? Beta Ray Bill. Yeah. like What, who, if, who what if you just replace Hulk with Beta Ray Bill for that whole story? Not for everything, but... Well, no, because Beta Ray Bill has to meet Thor at some point. That's what I mean no, for Ragnarok. Because he can't just be... He wouldn't be oh, the champion okay. on the car just as a... you could... And we're not doing... What Ragnarok would be all. We're not doing all that right now. No. That's a cool story for yeah. another time. That's a different time. Uh, just as like Cliff notes, you can have because the thing about Thor is Thor is fucking holds. Yeah. You can have it be a thing before and again as long as you exposition it into the story. It's a bit of a retcon. As long as you exposition it into the story, you can do it. And I think Beta Ray Bill, because I because the thing about where Hulk is in Ragnarok is he's an interesting foil to Thor, and that's what Beta Ray Bill is. Yeah, he's a good yeah. foil to Thor. Okay, my my thought for the MCU. Still, I, I didn't say it. Um, Professor Hulk. Now that Tony's gone, do you think he might be the brains of operations? No, because he's a he's a whole different thing. He can't. You can't replace Tony Stark with Bruce. Just I don't know the, anything about Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner. So the, they show it evidently in Endgame. He doesn't know that type of tech. Yeah. He's oh, okay. A, not a biologist. Is he a biologist? Yeah. They do it in Age of Ultron too. When Tony wants to make Vision, he gets mm-hmm. Bruce and he's just like. I don't know this. Yeah. I need your help. You're the biologist here. Uh, help me do this because I can't do it myself. It's the same thing where uh, I talked about it last week in Spider-Man Life Story when uh, Peter's teacher wanted him to work for him. He's just like, I don't know biology. I know tech. But yeah. Yeah. It's, science doesn't mean science. There's different things. Yeah. And the, when you get to specialization, they're all different. Okay. That's what having all these different smart people in the in the Marvel Universe can make sense because they each have different avenues. Who do you think? Can you imagine... Imagine the scenes in Endgame. You are definitely getting a Hulk and Red Hulk team up <laughs> on a dragon. Can you imagine? They but you both just see him jump off, and they're on the the beast. Oh, on the Leviathan. And he's just they're ripping off pieces, and they come together and they just stab it. Bruce gra- or Ross grabs Bruce. And he's like, and like he's disrespectful about it because he's Ross, and he's like. I need your help. And he just throws Hulk <laughs> at one of the Leviathans. Hold on. Does Did they already kill Abomination? Or is he still there? No, Abomination is just going to rot in a cell. Okay. Well, I'm just saying it could help. He's not going to come out. <laughs> what if, like, hear me out, right? This is another thing the for what three you of do them for that fight. Up. What if at the beginning of the fight, Ross is Ross? 
like he can switch back and forth and he looks up at Hulk and he's just like throw me into that throw he goes into the Leviathan you wait for a moment and you just see him rip out as Red Hulk oh my God. <laughs> or like he melts his way through or something like he, just he, just, like, he looks at Bruce and he he doesn't even get to finish it he's like throw him and then the Savage Hulk didn't even didn't even care what he was saying and just throws him anyway because he hates Ross goes into the mouth of the Leviathan and just like and I, he's like what I think this wrong? movie really I think it might help with the problem that the early MCU had with the killing of all the villains. Yes. If you leave Ross around to be very important, it might set that precedent. Yeah, you not only... Because the, the actual movie doesn't kill Abomination, right? No, he goes to do. But you not only not kill Abomination, but you set up a villain or two. Yes. Like, you do... They attempted to set up the leader, but... Who cares? They literally didn't even... They No, they didn't. They didn't even try to set up the leader. Like, they show him... They did a thing. They did show him in a comic. Did they? Yeah, I think they show him for a second. When it... Right when the conflict... It's not even at the end of the movie. They show it at once the conflict happened when Blonsky gets turned into Abomination. They show the blood mess with his head and yeah. then that's it. They don't show him get arrested or anything. Yeah. In, until they show a comic with Black Widow going in. It's horrible. It was mishandled. But that that is my pitch for... I love it. Uh, the Incredible Hulk. I genuinely love it. Because first of all, I know you, you know I like Red Hulk, right? This yeah, Red Hulk is know. sick. Yeah, so like I love the idea of actually setting him up and not just kind of toying with our I expectations. Really, I, I'm going to take that back. The Red Hulk isn't sick. Thunderbolt Ross is sick. Yeah. If the Red Hulk was anybody else, it wouldn't be as good. But it sense oh, yeah. it's Thunderbolt Ross, it... The, the thing with Ross is... I, this is why I think he's so good as like a villain. Imagine your entire life is based around taking down this one thing... And the only way that you ever have any type of success is to literally become the thing you hate the most. It's the perfect story. B- Bruce Banner, effectively in the comics, ruins Thunderbolt Ross's life, his reputation, takes his daughter away from him, ru- gets he gets stripped of all of his military credibility, everything, takes everything from him, and then he's like, well, I have nothing left. I'm just going to try to ruin your life. And then he becomes exactly what... It's just so yeah. good. Thunderbolt Ross is so underrated and so misutilized in the MCU right now. Yeah. I, I love it. I think it's good. It gives a strong... And this would still be at the opening of the MCU, right? We're not moving... Oh, moving no. I'm not moving the film. No. Okay. But, yeah. That that was... That was really good conversation from both I of us. I do. I love this. We, we've we been letting this segment really marinate like for a little bit. Yeah, it wasn't for just two, a couple weeks. Yeah, we got a couple weeks on it. And I think that helped. Yeah, I loved it both. Uh, what are we, what are we doing next week? Well, it's not really next week. It's yeah, gonna be next week. like right now. We have to double record. We're not gonna be able to record next week. Yeah, so we're not gonna have any news for next week. Yeah. but we got one hell of a segment planned. Um, yeah, it was the segment I alluded to in episode one. We said we were gonna wait a while to do it, but yeah. since we have to double record, we might as well do it. And it's we we already we have it. We know. Mm-hmm. So, and it's gonna be sick. I'm really excited. I, if you think I'm excited now, I'm about to make the beat go off. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go banana crazy on this. And I'm so happy the camera hasn't shut off. Yeah. We have a full video this time. We yeah. do. I'm so happy. Full video, 100%. Now this is the, now we can just do episode 100. <laughs> One, we can do 100%. Episode yeah. one squared. <laughs> yes, actually. One squared is good. Just be episode one. <laughs> All right, well, until episode then. Episode one again. <laughs>
For real this time, I promise. <laughs> For real this time. Well, well, with that, we'll see you all then. We're going to sign that. off here. Yep, with that being said, I'm Captain Comic Zach Young. I am your Kaiju Commander Tanner Bays. And I'm the techie. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>